0: Season 3, Episode 4 of the Nostalgia Mixtape, a podcast that celebrates all things that give us nostalgic feels from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, as well as new pop culture events with a throwback twist. I'm your host, Ty Gooden.
1: Hello, world. It's your girl, Christina.
0: And today, we are going to talk about all the nostalgic things that have made us a bit happier during what turned out to be kind of a rough summer. But before we get into all of that, please make sure you follow us on all the socials, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Nostalgia Mix Pod. And you can also keep the conversation going with hashtag Nostalgia Pod If you have any reactions to what we're saying or any additional thoughts of your own, please, please, please make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play and Spotify and Radar podcasts. That helps people find us when they're out there looking for nostalgia based things. And we can also be found on Podbean. So, before we get into any of today's recap or anything like that, um, we'd both just like to apologize for the delay. I I know I've had a couple of people asking, you know, well, where are you guys at? You're like literally in the middle of a season. What's going on? Um, A lot of stuff happened. We we actually had another episode that we had planned for episode four. Um, Got it recorded. Yeah, got (laughs) it recorded. It went really well, actually. And then some audio stuff happened that was just irreparable um yeah. so we basically had to scrap that episode which was upsetting for yeah. was upsetting for christina because she does the editing and stuff for us it's upsetting for both of us because we put a lot of time into preparing for that particular episode and it actually was a really really good recording and it was really fun oh, yeah. um so we're definitely going to revisit that topic sometime in the future it probably will not be this season uh, sure. we're going to be wrapping up Episode after this one, and then we'll be taking a semi-short break, and then coming back to you guys a little bit later in the fall with more episodes. But we definitely want to make sure that we redo that one for you. Um, and outside of that uh, demoralizing experience, I think right. I think the past few weeks have just been kind of a rough go for us on both fronts. I know I can speak yeah. for myself, saying that it's been kind of a roller coaster um, emotionally and, and mentally yes. for me. Yeah, because I'm <sighs> I'm in the midst of like a lot of transition and changes now some of the stuff is good um a lot of the stuff a couple of things are good really good um but some things have been bad there's been some kind of uh, i'm kind of in some unfamiliar territory and things right now so Mm -hmm. that that was kind of my thing and it's just it's really hard to come together and record the episode and things when one of us or both of us in this case is just not feeling it Right. Because like, people can tell when you're when you're fake <laughs> and exactly. when you're not, you know, when you're just not feeling it and when you're going through the motions. We, and this is supposed to be our happy thing, so we don't want to do exactly. this while we're just going through the motions,
1: you know? Like, we, we come out here and do this show and try to be, like, as close to who we are as humanly possible. Of course, there's, you know, things we don't necessarily show because this is supposed to be a family-friendly podcast and all that stuff, but, like, the last few weeks, like Ty said, have just been... <laughs> rough like it's one of those I don't even want to get out of bed to brush my teeth like type things like it's just been a lot and like for me like it hasn't even been like external things that have been going on all of it's been like internal and like my brain and just me growing and evolving as a person and like evolution sucks sometimes because it's painful and you have to change things that you're used to and step out of your comfort zone and all that stuff. And it just, it just sucks. Plus, like, like Ty was saying, you know, we had some audio issues. Um, I lost an entire file and it's like Mercury retrograde got us. Like it, this Mercury retrograde was really terrible.
0: It got everybody. Um, you like, I know. In,
1: right. <laughs> like terrible. if you believe in astrology, like the entire, most of July was like Mercury retrograde and then starting August 1st was like when we came out of it and it's just it just became thing after thing after thing and I I was ready to scream but you know it's August and we're actually almost halfway through August at this point um when things are you know the sunshine is starting to come out a little bit um still there are things that suck and need to improve and get better and stuff like that but i think both of us are in a much better place now so thank you guys for bearing with us um you know thank you for allowing us to like have a little bit of time to get ourselves together um and we're back this episode is gonna be great i can get it
0: it is gonna be awesome and speaking of sunshine uh there is a lack of sunshine here in virginia where i am it is thunderstorming and pouring down like crazy so if you hear loud rumbles in the background. Um, It's not my kids killing each other this time. It is (laughs) a thunderstorm outside. So I'm just hoping that maybe it won't be too loud. And maybe it's, I think it's starting to kind of pass over. So just a note there. If you hear that in the background, that's, that's something that's kind of hard to edit out. So it may be back there. Just ignore it. Focus on us and what we're talking about. So first we want to, of course, catch up on all the stuff that's happened on Pose. Cause Holy moly. Um, a lot has happened in the past four episodes, which, Can we again,
1: literally not even recap the last four episodes.
0: Yeah, last because episodes, we've been I think. it's it's been the last four because we've been gone for a while. The Our scrap file that we didn't get a chance to go through, Um, we had recapped episode four at that time. Because that was as far as we were. So, oh my Yeah. So we're taking the time now. And what we're going to do instead of recapping every single episode is that we just want to go through and talk about those big highlights and big moments that have happened in the past four episodes. Um, so uh, first, I think, you know, of course, the big thing was Candy's death in episode four. That was definitely a game changer for the show. It was something that happened with a purpose. Um, I got a chance to speak with Angelica Ross, who actually plays, played Candy on the show. And she was just talking about how emotionally draining and difficult that episode was, not only for her, but for everybody mm-hmm. on set. The writers, her her fellow castmates, because she found out maybe a few weeks before everyone else found out. And so she just said she felt this heavy cloud over her. She carried yeah. that information with her. And I mean, just seeing the way that it played out, how she it died and how tragic that was. It was really rough because I mean and it's a reminder that this stuff is still happening right now. I think already this year we've had 14, 15 black trans women that have been killed so far. Uh-huh. And considering that trans people make up a very small percentage of the population and black trans women make up an even smaller percentage, it's it's right. a crisis, you it know? Is. I mean and so I'm so you know, I'm so glad in a way and I know glad seems like a weird word to use, but I think it's a good thing that Pose is really bringing that to the mainstream and the masses. Because I think this show is shaking up some things and really forcing oh, people to is. look at... Yeah, it's forcing people to look at things that aren't a part of their experience, you know?
1: Exactly. That, that episode was real rough. Um, and it kind of started the trend of a couple of pretty deep episodes for this season. Um, I still am not quite sure how I feel about it. Um, I liked that episode a lot um, for the episode of with Candy's death because they went through, you know, finding out that she had passed away and finding out that, um, you know, the circumstances behind it to Blanca and the rest of the members of, you know, that community coming together to do her funeral. And, um, one of the things they did in that episode was they kind of had her (laughs) for lack of better words, come back and haunt everybody. Um, where she had a conversation with Braytell and she had a conversation with her parents who showed up and, she had a, a thing with Angel and a thing with Blanca as well and it reminded me of um, I think we mentioned this in the last episode where um, it reminded me of Six Feet Under because in the first episode of Six Feet Under the dad dies and he comes back and like haunts his kids and his wife and <laughs> has conversations with them to kind of help them heal and process what had happened um, and so that's kind of what happened in this episode like you saw her Candy's character laying in the casket, but then like you also saw her talking and interacting with other characters, which is a little fantastical for the show, I think, but it worked and the acting was great and it definitely, like, it affected me a lot. Like, I'm still...
0: I think the scene with her parents is just... That's what got me when I watched it. I said, oh my gosh, that just... That crushed me so much. Um, And I think me looking at it, too, from the perspective of a parent, I just couldn't imagine my kids coming to me and telling me their truth and me discarding them away like that. And, f- and for it to take something like you seeing your child in a casket to realize that you should have loved them and accepted them for who they were. Like, uh, that that was the part that really got me. I didn't mind the coming back and, and speaking to people and stuff because I feel like those were... I mean, yeah, she was standing there and stuff, but those were definitely conversations that were going on in their head and them kind of picturing that. And so it gave all of them a bit of peace and comfort during this time because there were a lot of conflicted emotions. I mean, you had Pray Tell who should have been feeling conflicted because, I mean, he and Candy's relationship wasn't the best. And Pray Tell was a jerk was very was very mean to her a um, lot of time yeah.
1: like they were always going at each other and i just like it, everybody knows that i nicknamed candy can't get right because it seems like she always buttoned into the categories that she doesn't have the range for mm-hmm. um and so i totally understand why pretzel keeps going at her but jesus christ he like he lays it on thick sometimes and i'm just like he does you could probably lay off just a little bit
0: Yeah, he did. He did a lot with that. But, you know, that whole thing, I thought it was interesting. And I asked Angelica Ross about that. And she was saying that from her perspective, she feels like Pray was so hard on her because he saw and he even said said as much in a roundabout way in the episode because he kind of hides a bit who he is in public so on the, you know in the balls he's got on all the flamboyant wear and you know he's talking junk and throwing shade and you know reading people and all this stuff but if you notice on the show when he's out and about in public he's wearing a regular suit he's walking with a cane he's doing what he can to kind of blend in uh-huh. with the outside world yeah. and candy didn't care about any of that like she was just unapologetically herself and she was willing to take risks and chances and he Kind of, she was saying he may have felt kind of threatened by that and a little jealous of that too, that she had the confidence to be who she was all the time. Exactly. So. Yeah, now with Praetel, his episode where he was having the adverse, so Praetel had, I think it was, you know, during this time period, Prato ends up having an adverse reaction to the AZT and he has pretty much his own episode. Loved the AIDS cabaret and loved him singing and stuff like that because I mean, mm-hmm. who doesn't want to hear Billy so. Porter and MJ Rodriguez sing? But the whole thing with Candy coming back and trying to like put suicidal ideation in his head, like I, I wasn't like that feeling that. All.
1: I this was not, not feeling bad. that at all.
0: I'm like, Why are we going to do this haunting thing? Like, is this going to be a thing? Because for the death episode, like we said, we liked it. But this is like, okay. And I just don't see where Candy would do that. Or if you're going to bring her back, I feel like she would be, even with all the differences they had, she would be encouraging him to live his life and to be who he is. And to be like, you know, don't let this get you down. You know, get yourself up and keep going and and keep doing what you need to do. Because at the end of the day, Candy was a friend people may talk junk about her and she could be shady and you know be a little bit of a bee sometimes but you could count on her exactly you
1: could definitely count on her when we did her and i like again the whole haunting in quotes thing was cute (laughs) in that first episode but let's not we don't have to keep bringing that up and it just it wasn't necessary to me in that particular episode like pray could have had his and that's one of the issues that i had with Candy's death in her episode, anyway, is that they kind of used it as a little bit of motivation for Preytail to actually start taking his, you know, HIV medication. Right. And I, and didn't I did like not like that.
0: At all. Yeah. Um, I mean, because I'm over women dying to advance the story of a man.
1: Yes. Absolutely that. Uh, especially a dark skinned black woman. Right. Like that also kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Um, but. <sighs> out of the scope of the podcast. Um, so I, I, I didn't like it, but I did enjoy the episode of, the parts of the episode where they were all singing together mm-hmm. um, and just being excited. I d- don't know who told Elektra that she could get up there and sing, but... <laughs> I mean, Elektra fine, just... I guess.
0: <laughs> you don't know what to get from Elektra from episode to episode. And I think that's what trips me out so much because, like, one episode, she's just... She's actually, for this, for the most part, the past few episodes, she's actually been a pretty decent person. But then there was the one episode where like Ricky and Damon were having the competing against each other and they're trying to get on Madonna's tour. And she was like about to do some Tanya Harding stuff to Damon. I'm like, yo, you really about to take a hammer and try to take this boy's knee out? She had candy. What are you doing? I said, "What? First of all, who gave?" That is not what Candy would do. Like I don't feel like Candy would do that. So I'm like, people are really just reimagining Candy's thoughts and what she would do in a way that I don't feel is consistent with her character. I really don't think she would take that hammer and try to take Damon's knee out.
1: Like, what are you doing? Not even a little. And I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Like, not even a little bit. But I mean. I definitely cackled just a little bit because it was funny. Oh, it was funny because that's the first thing I thought. I was like, yo, what is she
0: doing? Damon wasn't hurt. Everything was all good at the end. But
1: who child, when she brought that hammer out, I
0: died laughing. Yeah, I was nervous. Like, what are you about to do? But I knew I was like, when when Blanca comes up to her and shakes her down real quick and told her about herself, that was the end of that. So she cut Uh that whole thing. So with Damon and at the end of episode eight damon is gone now um he's gone off on a tour overseas which i don't blame him for going but it makes me kind of wonder what his future is going to be i mean what do you think that means for damon
1: who knows i'm hoping i wonder if the show is going to follow him on his international adventures um yeah he's been through a lot the last few episodes he went through the whole you know auditioning for like uh, Madonna tour and yeah him and, and getting rejected. rejected Mm-hmm. and then they did was it solid gold, gold? thing yeah solid that never came to fruition cute, yeah uh, but, but that, that, that never really happen. came to fruition right right um And then all the drama of that last... Man, that last episode was a trip. Uh, We'll get to that in a second. But it it ended up with, you know, uh, Damon graduating from his music, from his dance program, which I was very proud of him I
0: love that. I love Um, to see him dance.
1: I hope the teacher stays around as like a presence on the rest of the show because I really love her character. Me too. Like, I know she's not a part of the community, but I think she has you know a big influence on Damon and Blanca so I would yeah. love to see I would love to see her and Blanca hanging out more
0: me too um, I think they have a really good relationship and stuff and they relate to oh, each other oh yeah you know?
1: um, but you know Damon has finally found something to you know spread his wings and fly and he's going overseas he literally got picked up out of the ball like he won a category and somebody walked up to him and was like hey mm-hmm. you're dope you should come on this tour with me like in a week and he said, okay, and left. I can't blame him, I would've done the exact same
0: thing. Right, and I mean, I understand why with Blanca being upset about it, because uh-huh. y- your child is growing up and leaving from home. Like, yeah. that Damon was her first child. You know, yeah. the first person to come in and come into her house and now to see him kind of pick up and leave. And then I think, you know, even though they were back on good terms and everything, I think just everything that happened in that episode and her kind of feeling some of that guilt.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Of not really wanted to wanted to believe him, so we'll see what happened with Damon. I think I don't think he's going to be gone that long. Um, and the only reason why is because I've been seeing things out there that um, either in the season finale, and I'm not sure if it's going to happen like right at the beginning of episode ten, or if it's going to be you know right at the end, the tail end of the episode. But there's supposed to be another time jump of about a year. Interesting. So I feel like that's enough time for Damon to be gone and experience the world and stuff and maybe mm-hmm. he books some other gig or something like that that brings him black ho- back home to mother. Because like no matter what whether he's gone or not I feel like we're still going to see him because he's going to be right. calling. He's going to be keeping oh, yeah. in contact. I mean because that's his mom. Exactly. And like the per-
1: person who took him in after his biological mom and
0: his biological dad kicked him out. Like I just want them to see him like on TV.
1: Yeah, that is my (laughs) hope. So that way, I mean,
0: because they just when I think about them, and we only saw them that one time in the very first episode, but they just make me so mad when I think about them. (laughs) I'm like, how how could you how could you just throw away this yo yo child like? Like he's such a good kid. I mean, at the core of it all, he can he he can act up sometime like any other kid would. But I mean, he's he's a good he's a good guy.
1: I just don't understand, like especially as a mom. Like, I'm not a mother. Like, let's get that straight. But like, I don't understand how you could, you know, carry a child for nine months or however long, and then raise them and watch them grow and do all these things, and then just because there's one aspect about them that
0: you might not particularly like, you're just like,
1: oh, hey, well, I'm done with you. I'm done yeah, with you. Like, I do not get it. What is wrong with you? Like,
0: <laughs> I don't get it. Like, it's just that that whole thing is beyond me it's it's ridiculous it it doesn't make no sense did you like the episode with lulu damon and ricky when blanca and praytale sent them on the mission to (laughs) put the big condom over frederica's house no
1: that was a filler episode for me it
0: It was
1: it was it was just whatever like i don't really care i like lulu but like I don't necessarily know how I feel about her being like posed
0: as part of the three stooges with Ricky and Damon for lack of better words. Right. That's exactly what that is. Like, this, they're the three stooges. But like. It was I'm very not- weird. It was like they were trying to just kind of force her in there with them. Cause I'm like, well, I mean, I get that she's probably okay. around the evangelistas a little bit yeah. more because, but I'm like, do you not have members at, ferocity that you supposed to be tech. did everybody just leave ferocity when Karen Candy died or what's going on over there it, like it, I feel like we haven't gotten any clarity with that questions
1: that need answers and right. instead of putting a big condom over what's her face's is Angelic Frangella? what is her name? Is. Frederica Frederica I was close not at all actually <laughs> um, instead of trying to find a big condom to put over Frederica's house how about like fix your house or something
0: do something right. with your house.
1: like Just do anything with
0: your house. Right. I don't know that's what's going day. on there with that. But yeah, and I think that's... And I, we've talked about this off mic or whatever. But for me, season two has just kind of felt... Like yeah. season one, I felt like everybody did have their different separate storylines. And uh-huh. I get it. When you have an ensemble cast, you got a lot going on with people. Uh-huh. But to me... The, there's really no cohesiveness this season. There's it's just not. kind of all over the place. And there are a lot of things that I like, but then there are definitely more things this season where I'm like,
1: mm,
0: you know. Whereas with season one, like I could just watch that season over and over, over and over, and over again. again.
1: My sister, uh my sister and my mom also watch Pose, and uh she, my sister is a huge fan of other Ryan Murphy shows. So mm-hmm. like she's was a fan of the first few seasons of glee that was a ryan murphy show correct yes um an american horror story and also like i want to say isn't american crime story also ryan murphy i believe i'm yeah. not sure so basically what my sister is saying is that ryan murphy is pulling a ryan murphy which is the season one is like phenomenal and like gets you hooked mm-hmm. and then by the time season two goes around you're just like what is happening oh,
0: okay so he's he's one of those guys because yeah i mean and that was the thing like with with the pray tell episode and i love pray tell and i mean i remember earlier this season we were saying we wanted to see more pray tell, but i'm like that that whole episode that standalone with him that mainly focused on him i just i wasn't feeling it It just felt so like fantastical and weird and just out of the overall scope of the season i was like mm-hmm. What is going on here? It just didn't fit in. It, it
1: really. I don't think anything fits with anything this season, to be honest.
0: What yeah, like? it's just. Yeah, it's just kind of random things happening. It's like you know, we're recording this on a Tuesday or whatever, and so tonight is a pose night, and it looks like you know the House of Abundance is gonna. All the women from the House of Abundance are getting together to go have a hot girl summer, and I'm like, where does this come
1: from? <laughs> <'Cause> y'all was, <laughs> like y'all like each other in times of crisis, right? But when things are all good. Y'all ain't really that tight. Like, let's stop pretending.
0: Right. Okay. So let's talk about episode eight. (laughs) Because all of the The things happened. That's my favorite episode because it was so messy actually no can
1: we go back to the episode
0: before that when oh yeah because we got to talk about angel and poppy
1: (sighs) because that starts a bunch of that
0: starts a bunch of the stuff for episode eight that like that starts all the food for episode eight. angel is tripping right now these stupid kids she (laughs) gave poppy the (laughs) i'll let you explain what happened at the party because i'm like this is the dumbest rationale i've ever heard before in my life so they go to a party at this super fancy club And they're super
1: excited. I think that, like, they're officially a couple now. And, like, she made him breakfast in bed and all those other things. So they go to this so party. Cute. And everybody's all, like, snazzy. And everybody looks great and everything. And somebody offers them what I want to say is cocaine.
0: It is. Like okay.
1: So, so cocaine. And at first, Poppy's like, no, we shouldn't do it. You know, I've already been kicked out of the house once because of drugs. This is a terrible idea. Yada, yada, yada. And I don't remember what... I want to say it was Angel. Said something Mm -hmm. along the lines of, well, he said it's like that medicinal
0: grade stuff. So it's like. Yeah, he said it was prescription type. So it's like medicine. And Poppy just goes, "Okay." okay. That makes no sense. Like I don't believe that Poppy would go along with that that easily. And I get it; he's in the the glow of love, and you know they're in this new relationship. But Poppy is like a street kid. I know he's not that stupid. Like I don't believe that he's that stupid.
1: So they're just like, we're gonna do drugs. We are going to dance provocatively all over the floor. They had a, they they like like they they were were dancing. Poppy
0: was like turning champagne up to the head. It was a fun scene. But I was like, Lord, they are high as a kite right now. High (laughs) high as a kite.
1: <laughs> like, oh my God! How nobody outside of Damon? How nobody like knew what was happening? I don't understand. Like, how did how did Blanca miss all of this? At this, like, just oblivious to everything. Like, I don't, I don't understand.
0: And but, that's my that's the problem with Blanca. It's just it's it's crazy. So they end up getting back home. They sleep together and stuff like that. Which, again, I mean, I think them showing them having a sexual relationship and actually showing a sex sex scene or whatever was was really groundbreaking. It's something that we need to see more. We need to see more relationships like that to normalize the fact that, yes, cis men do date trans women and Uh it's okay. It's nothing wrong with that, you know? So I did appreciate all of that. And I, overall, like generally speaking, I love their relationship, but I don't like the way it's going with this cocaine stuff. Like the next day, you know, they're in bed and well actually they were getting out of bed and getting dressed. And so Damon goes in there to look for like Blanca's recipe book. He walks in the room. He's like, "Oh shoot, sorry," because people are putting on clothes and stuff. <laughs> right. And Angel goes to move like her robe or something, and a vial of the cocaine falls out. And that's when I knew uh-huh. right then. I was like, "Oh, this about to be a problem." Like at uh-huh. first, I'm trying. I'm hoping in my mind that okay, they're at a party. Maybe this is like a one-time thing, you know. And, and they're then like, they're gonna, gonna be I'm cool. And then is. when I saw that cocaine fall out, I was like, "Oh, she about to be a f- she about to be full on doing drugs." Like this is wild. <laughs> And Damon's like, you know, basically, what the heck are y'all doing? Have y'all lost your mind? If mother find out she about to put everybody out of here. Right. And they, you know, they they convince Damon to not say anything or whatever, but he's not happy about it. Which
1: the whole mom about to put everybody out is gonna get real funny in about 20 minutes. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, so in episode eight. Like Christina said, Damon graduates, everybody comes to um, his graduation, sees him do his final dance, and I'm like, look at everybody, like, Electra's there, Lulu's there, Blanca, Pray Tell, everybody and stuff. Now, little does anybody know, except for Pray Tell, that Pray Tell and Ricky got down with the get down that night before. So- like. We have to back up a little bit because
1: below, we failed to mention the fact sex. that Ricky has found out uh, something happened, and him and Pretel met, and basically Pratell told him to go get tested.
0: And right, because Ricky out found out that, that his, Ricky has uh, the guy he was now. messing with was right. messing around.
1: So Ricky found out in the episode prior that he has a he has HIV. So mm-hmm he goes to stay with Pratale for a little bit and Praytel tells him to go on the couch which is what he was supposed to be doing right and then Ricky decided he didn't want to do that <laughs> and so he snuck in prettail's room and I was like now this is the beginning of the episode I'm just like oh Lord this is what we're doing <laughs> like,
0: the, the episode before you know when Ricky was like throwing like these little subtle like flirting things and stuff I didn't really think anything of it because Ricky's kind of flirty with everybody yeah. And I also didn't think anything of it because Pray Tell is seen as a father figure. To like, everybody. I mean, I, I assume that's how everybody saw him, was as a father figure in the community. right? And also as an elder. I mean, he's even said so much himself that he's an elder, which checks out because Pray Tell later says that he's 45 years old and you know for, for the particular community that's an elder in the community especially uh-huh. at that time period when so many people were you know succumbing to HIV and AIDS related related illnesses you know exactly
1: so when well, he comes on pray tell and pray tell like resists a little bit but not a lot and you see it's beautifully shot scene don't get me mm-hmm. wrong of two men making love to each other cool I think it's one of the first times it's happened on TV before it's
0: happened, it's happened on another show before, um, and I can't remember. It's a couple of people that actually quoted that show. I was out there reading some articles about it, but I cannot remember the show that it happened on. But I think it, on a show of this magnitude,
1: mm-hmm.
0: probably so. So, you know, great team, but like... But I was like, wow. I, I mean, and I, I felt so conflicted about it right away.
1: And, you know, Uh, Pratel
0: tell tell, later on in the episode, he kind of explains, you know, his rationale behind it. Like, you know, even though Ricky is younger than I am, he is, in fact, an adult, which he Uh is an adult. I mean, Ricky and Damon are around. I mean, but they're still young. Yeah. like They're they're like 22. Yeah. Yeah. So they're 22 at most, you know and so he's like he's an adult you know we consented to that I can relate to him and I understand that they relate on the fact that both of them are now um, HIV positive and they kind of leaning on each other and I can see where Ricky's like you know basically feeling like he even said it that he felt like damaged goods now you know so to be able to be with this person and to feel like you can have a free relationship with them and for them to be providing you know kind of providing a support support system for you when you really need it most because he doesn't have one now I mean he you know had to tell Damon about it and Of course, Damon was pissed off, rightfully so, because Damon had gotten to the point where he was ready to explore a relationship with him again. And to get hit with that news is tough. I I
1: totally saw that coming. I was like, watch. Next thing you know, like after Damon and Praytel got together, I was like, now watch. Then it's going to be like this weird right triangle between the three of them and it's not going to end well which i was expecting it to like not end well later in the season not 20 minutes later
0: (laughs) right like it went down everything went downhill so fast so like i said everybody goes yay damon you graduated you graduated congratulations and stuff dance teacher is like oh maybe i should come by for dinner and no blanca invited the dance teacher over for dinner Uh the dance teacher said no thank god (laughs) like that was the one thing i was thinking about at the end of the room i was like i'm so glad his dance teacher did not come but Because she would have witnessed the dinner of all dinners. So, you know, Damon's up. He's talking about, you know, things that he wants to do next and his dreams and congratulating them. Angel is drunk. And And probably very high. high. Yeah, and very high. So she just starts throwing like random shade at Damon. And I'm not really sure where that came from. I don't know if she just, I don't know if she's just kind of so wrapped up in her own narcissism at this point that she didn't want anybody else to be celebrated.
1: I don't well, know where that came from because
0: it... I felt like they were all. I felt like everybody was on good terms up until that point, and then all of a sudden she was just. How acting crazy, like, like and
1: how long her dancers careers and this, that, right. and, third, and, you're and just she's jealous. like, you know, I'm
0: going to be in magazines all over the place and what you're going to be doing dancing back up for blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, and everybody's looking at her and Blanca doesn't even try it. Like she lets her go on for a while before she even tries to shut it down. Right. And I mean, this episode I had, and it was probably the first time that I've really had like some serious issues with Blanca. Right was this episode because I mean and so Damon finally got fed up with it and he was like you know what I'm gonna do I'm sick of this I'm about to tell everybody at this table about themselves (laughs) so He starts with Angel and saying, you know, girl, you sit over there sweating and stuff because you got them cocaine sweats because you've been doing cocaine.
1: And Blanca's just like, So that takes care
0: of you and Poppy. And yeah, Blanca's like, wait, what? And Angel's like, that's not true. And Blanca's like, well, she said it ain't true. And I'm like, Blanca, Blanca, come on. You big dummy. Right. Like, I mean, why would this boy have a reason to lie about it? There's no reason that Damon would have to lie about that whatsoever. And even Lulu even backed him up and said, okay, so what were you doing when I walked walked in on you in the bathroom? Exactly. I, so I mean why would Lulu lie about it she wasn't even she's not even a part of y'all house she don't have no like reason to lie on Angel zero
1: investment in anything that y'all got going on so right. why would she be not telling the truth like I don't understand. right and
0: meanwhile Electra is like yes this is the drama I've been waiting to see yo <laughs> Electra's me is she gets somewhere to drink she and she just sits down like <laughs> yes. yes I've been waiting for y'all to fall <laughs> apart Lulu's, here we go. I think
1: Lulu tried to leave and blo- and yes. Electra was like no no no
0: it's getting good. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 we got to stay and see this because this going to be good. So he calls uh, Angel and Poppy out for the drug usage and they end up going back and forth, back and forth. Then he called. And the only thing I didn't agree with damon doing was calling blanca out supposedly for spending too much time at her shop because i'm like dude that's
1: her she business?
0: bends over backwards and does everything for you and that's literally her livelihood and how she not only takes care of herself and has something for herself but that's how that's that's part of her dream first of all right so she deserves that much that's how she takes care of herself and takes care of all you ungrateful annoying tail kids uh, also that. Right. So I'm like, how are you going to possibly make her feel bad about that? And even that whole nail thing hasn't been easy for her because Frederica literally tried to put her out her freaking salon. So, I mean, I wasn't with Damon on that. But, yeah, Angel got what was coming to her getting she called did. out. And then Pray Tell tried to step in. And I'm like, oh, Lord, no. what did he do that? Mouth. It was like, I said, oh, you just, no, no, no. You should have just sat
1: there and ate your food.
0: <laughs> you should exactly. have sat there and ate your food. I was like, no, no, no. So Pray Tell tried to get in the middle of it. And Damon says, you know, first of all, you sit down somewhere because you trifling anyway for sleeping with my ex, who, by the way, told me that he's HIV positive or whatever. Damon just <laughs> <laughs> stopped. I mean, the right way that is- Dan- Damon says, is like, so you ain't gonna let anybody know that you and Ricky are effing and it's the most, like, and That's what Electra said. Electra was like, now, wait a like... minute, pray tell. <laughs> Electra said, whoop, in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Lulu spit out her drink. Like,
1: everybody was just like, oh. <laughs> Electra was like, now, wait a minute. Now, you know of all people that you're not supposed to be sleeping... With these kids, and he's like, "I'm not a house mother." It's like, "And you're still an elder." And I agree with moment, Electra there, Electra. and I couldn't
0: believe it. Yeah, but I really did. Like Electra was like surprised and shocked. But that was when Electra stopped finding humor in it, right? And she got serious for a minute because she was like, "You know that that's." Because I mean, Electra, for all of her ridiculousness and stuff that she does, she believes in community rules. She does. She very much does. She really does. And she was like, "That's a no-no." She was like, "You know, this this boy is looking to you for guidance and stuff like that," and. You kind of took advantage of that. You took advantage of your, you know, your your position in the way that he looks to you. Exactly. It's a little bit of a yeah. power
1: imbalance too, because right, you're like the dude that's over the balls. Like you're one of the MCs, and uh, Ricky is just like one of the contestants. It's like,
0: yeah, I just see so many problems with that. So i was glad Electra like called that out or whatever, and Bonka called it out later oh, on and stuff. But I, I just I was so. Over Blanca, and you know she had the conversation with Damon, and Damon's like, you know, why do I have a reason? I, why I'm not lying about this? Why can't you believe me? And Damon, now he did rightfully call her out about treating Angel different than he than she treats other the yes, other kids. That is and she does. she does, and I mean she, you know, she tries to rationalize it. Well, Angel's my only daughter, and you know, blah 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 blah, but she always has, and I I can see, in a way, why Blanca's kind of like that, uh-huh. because. Her and to me, I don't, I don't know if I ever really. I mean, I guess I can see it a little bit more now that Angel's her daughter, but they were also sisters. Yes, they were in a house together, and so they've known each other and had a relationship way longer than she's had with Damon or Poppy or anybody else that's you know that's been a part of their house. Right, and so so I mean, I get it from that perspective, but also if you're gonna make house rules. For your children you got to be fair to everybody exactly. and i mean the fact that she just kind of completely blew damon off whom she's always trusted who's always you know generally kind of done the right thing and yeah. been open and honest with her about stuff the fact that she just blew him off like that i was like that that, that was garbage
1: it definitely was garbage and like i i can also see why she did it because she wants to believe the best in her kids but at the same time yeah like, the people that know her kids best are her other kids so she should listen to them when they come back they come to her with things like Right. David has zero reason to lie, right, to her at all. Like zero reason. Like it doesn't serve them to lie to her. So she should take that into account and have you know kicked Angel, kicked Angel, and probably Bobby out again. Um,
0: yeah, and she didn't. She didn't even kick him out she because her and Angel had lunch later on and angel told her that her and poppy were just going to move out because it was the right thing to do blanca never got on her blanca never said hey girl you might want to stop doing cocaine because it's bad for your career like angel got no comeuppance from that whatsoever and that's troublesome because i'm like if they already doing the most while they living with you it's you can only imagine what they about to be doing on their own like poppy can't i mean as much as he may love and try to support angel and stuff angel's a grown woman
1: angel is a grown woman and i don't
0: and she off the rails right now she's
1: off the rails and i don't think she has any like i don't think she's got impulse control if that makes any sense like she just kind of fell into that thing with the the investment banker in the last season i was just like all right cool i'll go live right. in this apartment with this investment banker uh that who's paying for everything and not question it and not do anything and just be this kept woman and now she's like going off to live with poppy because poppy finally tells her that she deserves it instead of getting it for herself i feel like right i really don't want it to happen but i feel like angel and poppy are gonna crash and burn at some point and it's really not gonna be pretty um
0: i I really i really do i mean i feel like i mean it's it's so many different ways that can go i feel like eventually poppy i mean because right now he's still kind of in that glow of love Uh angel's his dream girl but i mean when people are addicted to substances and stuff, it changes who they are. It does. And I, I feel like Angel's going down a path where she's not going to be the same person that he saw as his dream girl and the person that he fell in love with uh-huh. and that he's eventually just going to be like, I can't do this no yeah. more.
1: I you so know, and by then she's going to be
0: have alienated and isolated herself from, from everybody else. So I'll be interested to see what they'll do with Angel you know, I mean cause she like like I said, she she literally got no come up no type of repercussion, no none of that from this. Well see this
1: the sad thing is what's probably gonna happen is it's probably gonna be like a a dent in her career because of it more than more than anything else like i would have much rather her you know be reprimanded and disciplined by blanca than like have an opportunity right. taken from her because she's like high and
0: strung out but
1: i mean didn't she almost miss a shoot like she was like two or three hours late for a shoot in yeah. one of these episodes. and then
0: the dude that gave him the cocaine was the one that showed up at showed up for the uh that was the one that showed up as a photographer so i'm like i mean i just it's something just I don't know, it's so many, so much temptation there in that modeling world for her, and I just feel like something bad is gonna happen because you never know, she could end up high at a party, what if somebody tries to assault her, you know, or do something, you know, do something bad to her, or something like that, or what if they're trying to, with her especially being gorgeous and being a woman of color, I mean, they could be trying to do this on purpose to derail her career. Exactly. You just don't know, and I mean, I just, and even when he offered her the drugs in the club, she was immediately getting ready to go and do it before poppy objected and i'm like girl come on (sighs) like you would just think that she had a little bit more street sense about her too because i mean you know being out on the you know being out at the piers and all that stuff like that you would think that she had gathered a little bit more street smarts to her but i don't know what's going on with angel
1: like i said i don't think she's got impulse control and i think it's it's not going to be good for her i hope she comes out of it on the other end you know relatively okay, but um, yeah, I Angel and Poppy storyline is gonna be interesting, for lack of better words.
0: Yeah. I don't know what they're gonna do. I wonder how things are gonna work out with Blanca. Um, which again with them, if they're gonna go ahead and do this time jump like within the next couple of episodes, I guess we I don't know how much of that we're really gonna see. It's it's just kind of it's kind of weird now because you don't really know how things are going to end because Blanca's basically at this point an empty nester pretty much
1: I posted the gif of like Will after they after everybody moves at the, end of the, the at the end of the fresh print, he's looking he's looking the fresh play. and he's end of the
0: living looking room sad.
1: looking sad <laughs> and everybody was like this is very mean and this is rude but I mean at the end of the day but it's the truth. Blanca ain't got no kids in the house no more and so who's going to be there for her who's going to be looking out for her her and Pretel's relationship right now is kind of strenuous so like you don't even know if they're talking to each other her friend uh electra haven't really been that close for a while
0: but you know what i really like when she went to electra because she was of course devastated that all of her kids were leaving and stuff and i like the conversation that she had with electra like i mean and granted electra did it in her trademark way but she said a lot of things that were true she was basically telling her that hey a lot of times you, you do all these things for kids and stuff. She was like, but the reason you do this is because you want them to go off on their own and you want them to experience life and stuff. They can't stay with you forever. They never and can. you'll never feel appreciated, fully appreciated as a mom. And I get that. And I, I'm not even, my kids are not even nowhere near old enough to go off to school or, you know, college or leave home or anything like that. But I get that. And She was like, and they'll appreciate you later.
1: Yeah. When you're dead. <laughs> well,
0: I, but I mean it, it doesn't
1: get that far.
0: Yeah. And no, I mean, I know she was exaggerating, but I get what she was trying to say that, you know, you do a lot of things for them and you don't get a lot of appreciation for it at some time, but it's a selfless job. She was like, and you become a mother because you want to make the world better. So keep doing that. Keep going out and making the world better. And she also told her there, there are always other children out there uh-huh. too. And I mean, you know, I get what Blanca's saying, but none, none like these, right? but I mean, that's a part of being a house mother. Exactly. Is that you have kids, you, you you give them shelter, you give them home, you raise them up until they can stand up on their own two feet, you let them go, and then you usher in more kids because there are plenty of lost kids coming in every day looking for stability.
1: Yeah. Maybe there'll be a new, maybe it'll be like Grey's Anatomy where every couple seasons there's a new group of interns. And so on this show, there'll be like a new group of kids like we'll
0: see that might be yeah and really i would love for angel to get herself together and really do what blanca wanted her to do because i mean remember when she first told angel that she had HIV, and she was like you know i know i may not be around forever i would like for you to be able to take up the mantle and Uh be the mother of the house it would be nice if she could do that but honestly i see damon stepping in being a house father oh now that's a concept I like it. I think that would be good. Because, I mean, his his story right now, the way that it's going, kind of reminds me of Jose Extravaganza. And that's basically what he did. He was like, you know, a trained dancer, traveled the world, did choreography, did all these awesome things, and then eventually ended up being the house father. Huh. So I think that would be dope like if it. they explored that through Damon. Yeah. And I could see where Damon would have the... Have the maturity yep. and have the drive to want to do that, and I think it would just be a, a real interesting tie with him being Blanca's first child and coming into this world and not knowing anything about it to rising up and becoming a house father. Like that would be a dope story. I mean, he's for kind him. of
1: the mature one out of all of them, anyway. Now he like, is, so I could totally see that being a thing happening. Um, yeah, that would be that would be a lot of fun to watch, actually. Um, it would. Hmm. Now you got me thinking, but I don't know. Like I said, overall, this season just been a me. That last episode, I'm not even going to lie, it was pretty funny. Especially the fight at the, at the dinner. Like, I really Ooh. thought... That is just a classic scene. Somebody? Like, I feel like somebody oh hit
0: somebody. Damon was about to hit... Pre- no, Pray Tell was about to hit Damon, because okay. Damon called him a hoe. So. <laughs> well. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, the mess. I was like, wow, y'all doing a lot. Now listen, messy queens. So, yeah, queens. we will... We will see what will happen in the last two episodes. Um, by the time we come back around to record again, should be season finale should already be done. So we'll do a big recap of the last two episodes and then talk about where's where's going from there. Yeah. So moving on to our nostalgia recap, uh, I'm going to go first today. Okay. Gonna switch it up make it different so first thing i have is girls cruise has been really fun so far so i think i told you guys about this maybe last episode that we had that little kim was coming out with a reality show where she's gonna have chili and maya um pretty v and b simone from wildin out and then her best friend tiffany and i think her her and tiffany's mutual friend and i can't think his name right now is slipping my mind but he's he's dating mark jacobs and that's what i can remember right now so all of them are all on this big cruise and they've been to like the bahamas and gone to carnival and done all of this stuff um the thing i really like about the show is that outside of a little a little bit of drama when it came to i think like maya had forgotten um Kim's best friend's name and they tried to create drama out of that where there was no drama to be found Uh but for the most part it's been pretty drama free I love Kim's whole concept and why she did the show because she basically was like you know like with Chili like you know I was close to t boz and I was close to Left Eye but I never got a chance to get quite as close to Chili and you know Maya and I have a history together we won a Grammy together we have performed together in recent years but I really don't get a chance to hang out with her so How about I do this cruise? I invite some, you know, some new girls in that are new to the industry. I bring along my best friend and we all have a good time. And they've just, they've been so open and so vulnerable with each other. So accepting of each other's differences. Like I love, and I know people have been giving Chili the business because she is um, very, very into her faith. So, Uh you know, she doesn't drink. She, you know, is, you know... Uh, for lack of a better term has been pretty much called a prude compared to everybody else but they don't shame her or make her feel bad for that i think that's like
1: one of my favorite parts i've only seen a couple of episodes but i remember that first episode where they were trying to get people to do body shots and she didn't want to do shots she just wanted to do like shots of water but they were like Mm -hmm. mad hype about her doing shots of water like it was tequila and i just thought that that moment was adorable like it is a lot of people that don't drink don't feel supported when they go out because everybody wants to poke at them and be like well why don't you drink and like it's it's almost like asking a a woman when she's gonna have kids it's a little personal and like they don't people don't owe you that explanation like if they don't drink then that should be the end of it um so i love the fact that everybody was just kind of like all right cool so we're gonna do shots of water let's do that um and we're super happy about it it was a dope moment
0: Yeah, I mean, so and overall, like I said, it's been a couple of things, especially with the with with B. Simone and Pretty V. Sometimes I feel like I'm like, okay, y'all just trying to stir up a little drama here and there where it ain't none but I get it it's reality TV you gotta have something but for the most part I would say probably 98% of it has been positive they've been opening up about their insecurities their fears you know loving on each other having fun together and little Kim I mean and I know people like to harp on the whole thing with her with the plastic surgery it's like yes we know we understand that she has had multiple surgeries and stuff like that done like if people could look past that and just see that this is a person with a good heart absolutely and somebody that's a freaking good friend or whatever. Like, I, I love this this reality show. And I know it's not, and I'm not a reality show watcher, but this is one that's definitely for me. It's been so much fun. And it's got me wanting to go on a girl's cruise. Like, like, we have literally been I'm determined. It. My 35th birthday, I'm literally trying to make this happen. Like, it's got to be a thing. We've been
1: plotting it, like, <laughs> for a while, actually. Like, we need to do yes. this. Like, we
0: need to do this thing. Like, we have to be those friends. So, we are. Yeah, because it's so dope. It is so yeah i've been enjoying that show it's, it's been good so far um i think they still got a few episodes left but i like it uh paper girls my next thing paper girls is a comic that recently wrapped up that i really really enjoyed um i've actually got a piece coming about it soon coming out about it soon to kind of give it a final send off and tribute but for those who don't know um paper girls is a lot of people compare it to stranger things but the comic, act, this, this comic actually came first. Um, it's about four girls, small town, fictional town of Stony Stream, Ohio, in the late 80s who deliver newspapers. Um, and so they end up finding this time machine and getting caught up in this this energy and this story of uh, this major world, you know, this major war going on over different time periods and everything. And it's just a really good epic saga. Um, you have a black girl who is one of the protagonists and she is awesome like absolutely amazing somebody that's like a game changer uh, agent of change in the series i really really enjoy it i love the girls friendships i love that they aren't you know sugar-coated at all that they're you know they're real raw authentic girls that keep it real with each other and they're just they're brave and they're vulnerable and you know they lack some of the nuance and situations that we have as adults because they're kids and that's realistic uh-huh. but then there are moments where they're just so incredibly clear and mature about things like it's just a really really good comic series it's probably the my favorite one that i've read in the last 10 years easily uh-huh. So that's over now, but they are coming to TV. Amazon has adopted, uh, the comic series for TV right now. There's really no word out there about when it's going to be released or who's going to be cast. And I can't even really wrap my mind around casting right now. Cause in, in the, in the series, the girls are preteen. Uh-huh. Um, and so I'm trying to think of like a preteen black actress that would fit in well playing Tiffany. And, um, another girl in the group, Erin, is, um, of Asian, of Asian American descent uh-huh. and then you have a girl that's Irish and I'm not sure I don't think they ever really got into KJ's background like that but it'll be really interesting to see how they cast it and how it plays out because it's just it's a gorgeous beautiful beautiful comic um, it, you can you know when you get the volumes and stuff and I mean I was buying single issues but then I just started waiting like trade waiting and getting the right. volumes and it's just so easily bingeable so I can see how that could translate over to a streaming service format so I'm so excited I cannot wait for it to come out
1: I had to actually read the comics because I've seen them in, in stores and stuff like that and I really dig the art style but I haven't ventured to like pick them up because like, I'm scared to get involved in another comic thing because I feel like I'll get addicted and I've already got enough things that I need to catch up on and read and go by like I need to check out the Shuri and the Ironheart series um yeah i love both of those characters obviously um and there's just
0: oh Ironheart is so, great
1: i also want to check out unstoppable wasp and all these other things and i just feel like if i get <sighs> i'm a person that like i either do it or i don't and if i do it i'm doing it all the way so like right that's why i have ridiculous amounts of marvel merchandise is because like that marvel is my thing like that's that's my addiction right now um and if I get addicted to another thing, then like there goes more money and I don't really want to spend
0: more money. Well, the good thing about Paperwork Girls is that you know that it's over. Also so true. So I can wait. So, just, I mean, like it's, it's got a finite number. Yeah, it's got a finite number of issues. Like it's 30 issues and you read those and you know that it's not going to be going on for another 100 issues. Like the story is over. And, oh, I mean, the way it ended, I just, oh, the feels, man, it just hit me right in the feels. So I can't wait to see what they do with it I'll on television. So yeah. Excited about that. It's going to be dope. I hope it's going to be dope anyway. So next news is a little bit more recent news. Uh, Missy Elliott is finally getting her MTV Vanguard Award. About time. About time. Like we have been saying this. I know Christina and I as a collective have been saying this for years. Uh, A lot of people What is wrong with you people? Like how could you possibly have just, it's just a crazy oversight. How could you not have, matter of fact, you should just rename it to just Missy Elliott. (laughs) Just making the Missy Elliott Award. I mean, because I mean facts. Her videos are just amazing. The last few, like she's one of the most innovative people of our time. The like, last few people on, that y'all. have gotten
1: the Video Vanguard Award, I'm just like, uh, they did JLo one year, and I'll I i do not even know how I ended up down the rabbit hole of watching like her video Vanguard Mm-mm. performance, but I was like, I am so bored.
0: But I'm thinking about her videos and I'm like, what was revolutionary about him? Like when I think about, cause, I mean, thing. again, it's named after, it's named after Michael Jackson. So, I mean, Michael Jackson was known for doing these movie length, like over the top, just right. well thought out, well crafted videos. And there's nothing about Lo's videos. Like even when they did Rihanna, I love Rihanna, but I'm like, oh. I mean, she's had maybe one or two videos that have been like, oh, okay, but... I mean this has got to be like a collective consistent right. body of video work to me I mean and there is not a video that Missy Elliott hasn't come out with since the beginning of her career that hasn't been a game changer right. I mean she's, she was doing stuff that nobody else and she's still doing stuff exactly. that nobody else even thought of like she's so far ahead she, of this like, time
1: I can just not even the songs but like the videos are so dope like the the Sokka video where they're dressed up looking like Mega Megamon Mega what is the name of that video game yeah it looked like the little Mega Megaman. Mega Man people I don't even know I was thinking about Mega Man the, the movie for some odd reason but looking like Mega Man characters and then the she's a bitch video where she comes out at, like under the water and she's like painted all black and it just looks so dope to the super duper fly video with the black trash bag looking like outfit that was blowing up around her like iconic shots right in every single video, uh, even more recent, like the the where they from video with uh, Pharrell, where it's like her as a puppet in the entire thing, like the little marionette doll. Right. Oh yeah, that's God. what I'm
0: saying. Like, I mean, she's still doing like just incredibly her music, even today. Like, it sounded crazy futuristic then, but even today, it still sounds like something from twenty years mm-hmm. in the future. Like it's it's just so, so it's consistent. so beyond anything. And I and the thing about her is that she's just. She's just such a good, sweet, you know, I mean, person. It, it always throws me off how she's getting all this recognition and stuff, and she just truly seems like uh-huh. shocked and humbled by it all. And I'm like, do you have not you know that you you're you? Like, right? Like, <laughs> like, like, I don't understand how you're so shocked by all of this. She's so
1: adorable. I love
0: her. And she's just like, oh wow, they're gonna honor me. I'm so humbled. And I'm like, right. you, Missy Elliott. Like, they should have already been. They should have already been honored like you. Years, like, what, what is five, going on? Ten years ago. Like, let's be real. Right. Let's be honest. So I don't know, I don't know what's going on there, but I'm so happy for her. She's one of our, you know, one of our patron saints of the podcast. So congratulations to Missy Elliott. I'm just happy that she's getting all of her flowers and stuff now while she is still here to get them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I can't wait. If they let her perform, they better let her perform. It's gonna be so good.
0: Yep. So Rugrats, can you believe that it came out like recently? Well, I mean, it had a recent anniversary, but it came out in yes, 1991. Tommy Pickles is still
1: two years old. <laughs>
0: like... Right. I just I, I don't know why I felt like Rugrats was not that old. <laughs> this show's been around. Like I, I felt like it came out time. in at least the mid nineties or something. Oh, no. But I'm like, wait a minute, like nineteen ninety one. Very
1: very old. Very 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 old. Um, you can kind of tell by the art style especially some of those earlier episodes that don't that you don't see a lot. Oh God, they look they look yeah, it's rough, rough. <laughs>
0: like. Yeah, it's, it's, it's rough out there, but I love Rugrats. So, just a quick shout out. Happy anniversary to so Rugrats. Much. Thank you for being a part of our childhood. It's, probably it's like so sweet. the first sweet. animated show it. that
1: I remember, like, being obsessed with is the Rugrats. Because Tommy was always up to some drama. Mm-hmm. Phil and Lil were absolutely adorable. Chucky, I just wanted to hug. And Angelica was a little hellion. And I'm so glad Susie showed up and shut all that garbage down.
0: Because yeah and i mean they 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 was tackling like some serious stuff i didn't even yeah i didn't even think about it but you know they had that one episode where chucky was asking about Uh his mom and so trying to like explain the concept of death but making it that oh in a way that he could understand it and you know by extension the audience could understand it like they did stuff like that so i'm like that's it was cool yeah it's a great show so happy anniversary to rugrats um I have been hanging out on Twitter a little bit more now since I am past my summer for self challenge. And I saw where, there was a photo that somebody posted uh-huh. of Sean Astin, and he was with and Otter this. and they referred to him as the man from Stranger Things, and so it sparked this whole big thing where people were like, "Dude, like he is so much more than the man from Stranger Things. Like he's uh-huh. Samwise. He's he's just been in so many different things. So there was a whole big Sean Astin appreciation on Twitter, and I love his response to it. He was like, "Oh my God, I'm going <laughs> to cherish all of these memes and stuff because this is so sweet. And he's definitely one of those actors that doesn't get his definitely doesn't get know. his recognition a lot so I, I really feel like it really did he said he was like showing it to his kids and, <laughs> and everybody because he was just so thrilled that people were talking about him and I, I love him as Sam mm-hmm. I love him in Stranger Things and so many other things he's been in like I mean he's he's really had like a he solid has. career he's been around
1: for a very very long time and this is one of the reasons like Twitter can definitely be a dumpster fire and it's, I haven't been on it much in the last few weeks just because so much has been going on but this is one of the things about Twitter that I love is that something as small as like mm-hmm. a picture of Sean Astin blows up into everybody loving on Sean Astin and talking about how much they've loved his movies and how long he, his career has been and how awesome he is and stuff like that to the point where it gets that person's attention and they're truly touched and are like, I don't know what I did to to like- I love it. Garner this response whatsoever, but like, holy crap. Like he's never going to forget that moment, like ever
0: um he's not and you could tell i mean through the tweet he was just so touched by it. and i was like i love it this is like this is what we uh-huh. should be using it for this is what we should be using twitter for for things like this instead of you know arguing and doing a bunch of ridiculous stuff like let's just show people and again i'm all for people like showering folks uh-huh. with love that deserve it because sean asked you, you never hear anything bad about him he does his work he minds his business uh-huh. like I, I love him so i was so happy phase. to see that love it and speaking of other things like that, I also saw where, so there was this whole thing where they were, you know, they're always trying to give the Kardashians credit for some stuff they ain't in event. So the Car Jenner people were wearing like the one-legged, like form-fitting, like body suits, and Twitter, Black Twitter particularly, quickly gathered them and said, oh, "No, no, 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 no." That was a right. Flojo thing. So let's give Flojo some love. And so that turned into a celebration, which unfortunately Flojo is not here to be able to witness that. Um, but that turned into a whole celebration of Flojo love for like her fashion, her style, her nails. I didn't realize that she actually designed one of the uniforms for the Indiana Panthers. Really? Yeah, I did not know that until so somebody brought it in. Somebody actually came in with like the receipts or whatever That's and confirmed cool. that. So I'm like, that is so. That's so dope. I really want... And it made me start thinking, like, I don't think there's any kind of, like... I know there have been, like, many uh, documentaries and stuff, but I would like to see a, a deeper docu- doc or a bio same. about her life. She deserves such a style icon. Because I feel like... I feel like even though we see her style, you see her on the track, and she's, you know, this, this this phenomenal athlete and everything. You knew she had the fashion sense and stuff. I feel like there are so many other little things that we never got a chance to know about her. And I think a lot of mm-hmm. this because of the time period, just because during her time... You know, there was right. there was no social media, right. there was no way to really get a chance to know her. She came and kind of did her job on the on the track and then right. minding her business. So I would love to I would love it if somebody the people that were close to her, if her family or something, were able to collaborate with someone to do a good bio that would about be fun. her. She deserves. She definitely deserves. And I would be
1: ready as soon as they said that they were putting it in theaters, because I definitely go watch that.
0: Oh yeah. So just iconic all the way around. So that's all I've got. So what about you? I've
1: got a few things that uh, are kind of old because they were supposed to be in the last episode and then it got lost. Um, first things first, rounding back to Pose for just a second, the Emmy nominations came out uh, this a few weeks ago and Billy Porter and the cast of Pose have been nominated for quite a few awards. I think they've got like four or five nominations. I think there's like a production one and then like a ensemble cast. But Billy Porter has been nominated for his first Emmy Um, and I know he is over the moon about it I cannot wait to see what the man is going to wear to the award show because it's just put him on the best dress list like he is the list like point blank period like the the end of the list Mm -hmm. is Billy Porter Um, It doesn't matter what anybody else is going to be wearing because all the dudes are going to be in suits and the women are going to be in dresses that are just men but Billy Porter is the end all be all of the list already um
0: like I mean he might come in on like a camel or something like that like I you don't know what he's gonna do
1: if he showed up on a camel like I really wouldn't um well, I, I, love think it. I really would not it would be dope to see him rolling on a camel don't give him any ideas he already it was bad enough he came well not bad cause I thought this moment was glorious but when he came to the Met this year and he had like six half naked like baby oiled muscular men carrying him on like a uh, a thing <laughs> into the Met Ball. Right. <laughs> Your fave could never, <laughs> could never. Um. But uh, there's a really great interview with him on YouTube. Um, the Hollywood Reporter just released the whole thing instead of baby clips. Um, of it's like a roundtable discussion with him and Hugh Grant and. <laughs> richard madden and his fond self and the guy name mm-hmm. i can't remember from mm. if beale street could talk and sam rockwell and i'm trying to think like i'm trying to see the faces um but it was
0: yeah there's like one or two more people but i can't remember everybody and it's been yeah, a while since i and and watched it thing,
1: it was pretty great he was talking about how like if ryan murphy like he was going to give up acting and trying to break into Hollywood because you know he had a great career on Broadway he had produced things and directed things and starred in things and already has Mm -hmm. a Tony Award and all this other stuff and he was gonna get give up trying to break into Hollywood and television and movies um and like he called his sister and if I'm not mistaken like his sister is not actually his sister but they look just alike like he's got a person that's connected to him I can't remember what her name is. Mm-hmm. She's also on American Horror Story a lot. And if you literally put the two of them next to each other, you think they're your brother and sister, and they will tell you up and down that they're not. And I'm just like, I need to see the DNA test, because the two of you look like you <laughs> grew up together, basically. Um, but anyways, he called her and was like, I just can't do this anymore. Like, I'm just going to go back to Broadway, and yada, yada, yada. And then, like, the very next day, Ryan Murphy called him about uh, being on Pose. Uh, and he had said that, love like, he had been wanting to work with Ryan Murphy for years and he had like written it down and said like if I'm going to do this I'm going to work with Ryan Murphy I'm going to work with Ryan Murphy for years talking about working with Ryan Murphy and the person that brings him into Hollywood is Ryan Murphy and it's just like the power of manifestation is real
0: <laughs> yes it is it is
1: so real yes
0: and I found that out uh, firsthand. Yes, it
1: we're going to get to that. A couple of weeks ago.
0: We're going to that right after
1: this is to recap. Because I was hoping he was going to bring that up. But we'll circle <laughs> back to that in a moment. So speaking of other mm-hmm. manifesting. Well, let me go to two other things real quick. And then we'll come back to manifesting. Talking about the other thing that you tried to steal from me. But anyways... <laughs> So, they're doing...
0: I was not trying to steal it from you. I put
1: it on the list. You put it list. on the list under your name? I just wanted to make sure it was there. <laughs> you put the rest of my stuff. I just wanted she to make sure the it was rest there. Of the stuff under my name, but she didn't put the one thing, the biggest thing on the list, to be honest, under her name, thief. Anyways, I still love you. Um, oh, I'm Lord. kidding. I love you, Ty. Um, so, they are apparently mm-hmm. doing another Power Rangers movie, but they are recasting everybody, and I just... I want to know who I don't made understand that decision because the people that were in the first movie were fine. Y'all just didn't promote the movie enough, you dummies. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. And the movie wasn't, I, I was enjoyed exactly the movie. It was exactly what I
0: was expecting and
1: like a little bit better. So right. like, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I,
0: Yeah, I mean, it had the level of like some cheesiness and stuff in there, but and, that like, was what really I was expecting. The only expecting. thing that I didn't like about it, like the only thing that I didn't
1: like about it is the part where they become the Megazord. First of all, I didn't like the fact that Zord, I never told them that there was a Megazord, because they became one big thing. They thought they were going to die, because all of their Zords were falling into, like, this cavern in the middle of the street. Right. they all thought they were going to die, and then, like, five minutes later, they're one big machine, and they're all very confused, like, why are we not... Why are we not dead?
0: Right. And I'm like, I feel like this is a conversation you should have had early on in the game. Oh, by the way, you all can come together and form uh, a giant right. robot.
1: Like, exactly. Basically. And so my second thing that I didn't <laughs> like tied to that is, you know, in the TV show when they become the Megazord, there's like a communal cockpit where they're all together in one room and they all have their own like panels. Right. Speakers. But oh, they were holding oh, yeah. like the arms and legs. Yeah, and so, like they didn't know how to walk at first what? because one person has to operate the leg by itself. And another person has to operate the leg by itself. And then the other person has to operate the arm. And I'm just like, like literally there's a person in the kneecap and I'm just like, this doesn't make any sense. Right. <laughs>
0: But that's just, that's, I mean, but, you know, and I didn't like it either, but I think that's more of a nitpick of us just being fans of... The original, you know, I feel like new people or younger people that may have come into it watching this stuff would have been like, "This right. is fine." Like, I mean, and I understand that there was a humorous aspect in there because they start trying to they, walk and it's like, "Oh, this big thing just yeah, tips and falls," fall you know. the work, which is hilarious. Yeah, they did. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> I Ain't gonna lie.
1: But I mean, other than that, which, like I said, like Ty said, it's a very small nitpicky thing, and like you only would care about it if you had been a fan of the Power Rangers for a very long time. The rest of the movie was great. I love the fact. I love the actors. Yeah, I love that they were the outsiders. That, like. I love the people that they casted. I love the fact that they kind of mixed some of the Power Rangers up in terms of like their makeup. Like the Asian person wasn't the yellow Ranger and the black guy wasn't the black Ranger and mm-hmm. all that other stuff. So I liked that. And I also like the fact that they weren't the good two shoes characters. I like that. They were like the, the kids right. in detention. The outside um, kids. Yeah. Which gives them kind of re- a redemption arc by being the heroes of the city. Um, so I loved it. I don't know what was wrong with it outside of the fact that the marketing was terrible. um, so they're recasting, and I'm not entirely sure why, but uh, I mean, I...
0: so they're going to recast to probably market it terrible again sure to fail again. Guys. Let's that's yeah. That sounds like a good idea. Sounds fantastic.
1: Sounds like a great <laughs> waste of money. I need to figure out who owns it because I'm just like that, that. That doesn't make any sense. Just get just get the other people back. Like they were fine. Um. So, anyways, um, Rocco's Modern Life is getting a Netflix movie. Which I'm super excited about. It's it. there. Huh? It is. It's already there. Really? I didn't
0: notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's already there. Ooh. I'm gonna double check it. Let me double check and see. But I, I thought I saw it like show up as available in my queue. I just haven't had time oh, to I'm like save it or watch it or anything yet. goes
1: off. Um, but so there's going to be a Rockwell's Modern Life movie on Netflix if it's not already there. Which I'm looking for it now. Um. But
0: oh,
1: it is there. It is. So we'll probably oh it's mm-hmm. like a 45 minute special. That's okay though. I'm totally here for it. Um so I'm really excited to see that. Uh apparently they've done some things with the characters. I believe there's like a character that was male on the original show that is now a trans woman. And some people flipped out about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, it happens. It's fine. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. Um so i'm excited to watch that we might have to do like a live tweet of that or something because i am super excited um
0: I, I yeah i felt like i know some people that like watched it in advance or whatever and they said it was really good and that they wanted more they're like dude just, just bring the whole series back because this was minutes. not
1: enough like, that's that's the only letdown already it's just like why is it only 45 minutes like i want give me all of it like, give me a whole hour and a half, or a TV series. Like you said, I would totally be down for a TV series. Um, right. So, yeah. There's actually a lot of good things that are on Netflix now that I haven't gotten a chance to watch. Because um, I've just not been on the internet or
0: <sighs>
1: doing life. Anyways, moving on. Um, last thing and probably the most important thing so comic-con was a couple of weeks ago um which i am telling myself i'm gonna go to comic-con one year because it seems like every year it gets bigger and every year like all the people that i love are in one place and i feel like it's a place i should yeah be there. i
0: feel the fomo real bad like i don't feel I it with really other don't. conventions like that but i definitely feel it with uh right with, uh, so this year has
1: obviously been a big year for marvel um I think they have made like $5 billion this year, um, because, well, Spider-Man has made a billion dollars and Captain Marvel made billion dollars and Endgame made two and some change. So they are having a fantastic year this year. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Endgame is now like the highest grossing movie of all time, not adjusted for inflation, um. Uh, And so I knew that, you know, their Comic-Con panel was going to be pretty big, pretty much of a big deal this year. Um, And they announced all the Disney Plus shows that are coming out related to, you know, what's going on, like the Loki show and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I'm really excited about. Because Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie are hilarious on and off screen. Um, They're hilarious off screen because the two of them are like best friends. They're hilarious on screen because their characters really hate each other. Um, they're like Cap's old best friend and Cap's new best friend, and neither one of them like each other, and they just are always fighting or sniping at each other. It's really funny. It is hilarious. It's great. Um, and, like they literally. <laughs> I was telling my sister, I was like, if they they like have to hate each other for at least half the show, if not, what's the point? Um, and Baron Zemo is apparently the villain, and he's got a massive butt woman coming, butt woman coming to him. So I'm excited to see that, but neither here nor there. It's also Sebastian Stan's birthday, which he's not nostalgic, but happy birthday to him. Um, It is very (laughs) so random. Um, (laughs) So they announced shows and movies and a lot of this stuff we kind of knew already but they bought out like the cast of Shang-Chi and they bought out the cast of the Eternals which hadn't necessarily been set in stone yet and they bought out the rest of the cast of that Black Widow movie that don't nobody care about um and then like announced the next Doctor Strange movie and all this other stuff there's another Thor movie coming out and apparently Jane Foster is coming back and she's gonna be Thor and I don't really care and all these other things and I was really really hyped watching it in my little Marvel group chat with my friends, getting really, really excited about some of the things. And so they have, they bought all the people that they have bought out. So like all the cast of all the shows and all the movies that they had announced up until this point. And there's like 45, 50 people on stage, all like top A-list celebrities and stuff like that because Marvel spares no expense and gets the best of the best. Like.
0: Listen, and Marvel is like breaking boundaries too. Like I love that they cast uh, Lauren is she Ridloff, the, the girl that's deaf from or hard of hearing. Yeah, she. So she. Yeah, she's curr- she's uh, she's deaf, and she's currently on The Walking Dead right um, now, playing so Connie. So they
1: have their first deaf actor um, in it, and she's playing a character that was originally a man. Um, so I'm really really excited that they, that they are gender bending and race bending a lot of things. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of that has to do with Kevin Feige um, and
0: yeah she's yes, gonna be in the internals
1: trust. they finally got my favorite actress of all time angelina jolie in the marvel cinematic universe which i have been waiting for for years yes. i love angelina jolie like there's not there may be like one angelina jolie movie that i don't like i could name it but like i've loved her as an actress for a very very long time actually the movie that i don't like is changeling i hate that movie ignore it I, Me either. I, I was on a date and watched it, and we left and snuck in to go see Transformers because that movie was garbage. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, yeah. Love Angelina Jolie. Love the fact that she's in the MCU. It will... I cannot wait to see her, apparently she's been, you know, doing a lot of training and sword fighting and other fighting and all that stuff so she can like be really ready for the world. So I'm really excited to see her in the Eternals. Right, so all this they've talked about. And then Kevin Feige is like, so we got one more guest. We're gonna bring out Mahershala Ali. And I'm just like, wait a minute.
0: It's like, oh my god, wait a minute, what's he doing here? Why is Mahershala Ali
1: here? (laughs) And they didn't like live stream thing. I'm just catching it on Twitter and all of a sudden I see Mahershala Ali and Blade, and I'm just like, wait, what are you talking about? And so they announced that two-time Oscar winner, Mahershala Ali, is going to be the new Blade, and they will be doing a new movie with him. Oh my god.
0: Perfect perfect casting. casting. Like they nailed it on the head. Well, I mean, everybody already knows how I feel Both about Mahershala. Us. I have
1: been a fan of so. him since the
0: 4400.
1: Yes. He was phenomenal on that show. Mm-hmm. And he's
0: been phenomenal in everything he's been in
1: since. And he picks great roles and he's a phenomenal actor. And I love the fact that like, isn't he like the first guy to get, first black man to get two Oscars in the same category twice or something like that. Like he's, he's killing not sure. it. Like he, he's just really, really good. Plus he's, you know he was uncle aaron in into the spider verse which if you have not seen into the spider verse you should i understand i understand it's on netflix it is. it's working i understand time. that it's animated forget the fact that it's animated it is a great tv it is a great movie you will love every minute of it mm-hmm. um so they announced that he's blade and that's like the end of pretty much the end of the panel they like fade to black and everybody leaves and i'm just like
0: Nothing. Oh my god, I cannot
1: nothing wait. After you said two-time <gasps> Oscar winner Mahershala Ali is Blade, like nothing before that matters anymore. Like none of the TV shows matter. I'm lying, but like none of that stuff made me more excited than y'all telling me that Mahershala Ali is about to be Blade. Like nothing. Like. You could have literally just came out and said that, and I would have been fine. Like we could have skipped everything else because most of the time we knew that stuff was coming. And even Kevin Feige said, "It's like this is like the one thing that like there hasn't even been rumors about this happening, happening." Because um, we thought that they were gonna kind of be done with Because
0: yeah. right, it came it out of did, nowhere. Um, Like, they kept that under wraps, for real. There was no inkling at all that they were going to do anything like like this. And I think it's dope. I love the recasting. I mean, even, you know, a lot of people were like, you know, why not Wesley Snipes or whatever? But even Wesley Snipes ended up coming out and saying, you know what, Uh, it's cool. It's a good idea. I like them. Go, bro, Um, do your thing. So, I, I mean, that was cool. And, like,
1: there's still rumors about, like, other TV shows, other TV shows of theirs connecting with other movies and all this other stuff, and like again, nothing about Blade. And I am so excited, and I cannot wait to see this new Blade movie. I hope it's rated R like the rest of them. Um, the one thing that I love about it is like the Hollywood Reporter came out with an article after the fact and was saying that like Mahershala Ali went to Kevin Feige and said called Kevin Feige and was like, "Hey, I want to play Blade," and Kevin Feige was just like, "Cool." We're doing it. Like (laughs) he was like, that's what I'm talking about. Like that that energy. Kevin Feige was like, you don't not answer a phone call from a harsh lovely. That's just not something you do. Um, And right, like he's a two time Oscar winner. You give him whatever you whatever he wants. That's what he gets. Um, And I love the fact that you know he's somebody that wanted the role. um, Like really, really was excited about it and really wanted the role to the point that like he facilitated that his own opportunity for him. And also, you know...
0: Right. And you know he's just going to pour his all into it. Because, I mean, he just goes all in and just puts his heart into everything. Like, I mean, you could just tell this is just... I mean, he's just that kind of actor or whatever. He just gets fully immersed into what he's doing.
1: The movie coming out for, like, at least two or three years, which is fine with me because I want Mahershala Ali to, like, do the things that he's, you know, scheduled to do between now and then. But, like... Not that he's not in great shape now, because he is. But like, I want him to get into some martial arts training and like some fight training and do all of that Mm -hmm. stuff, so he can do the majority of his own stunts and just kill it. Like,
0: he'll (sighs) be in even better shape. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Well, (sighs) I'm ready for that. I can wait a couple years for that.
1: Um, like just Mm -hmm. put on like 30 more pounds of muscle and just. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Okay. So, um, but (laughs) thirst aside, um, you know, there've been conversations about Oscar winners and stuff like that and why, you know, people asking like why black people or people of color and minorities are so adamant about being nominated for these awards and being awarded these awards when, you know, they are good enough. And if not better than a lot of other people that have won those awards in the past. And it's not just about one of the things that I don't think gets mentioned enough or stressed enough is the fact that like the fact that you can say you have an Oscar opens so many doors and gives you the right to do so many things that you don't get the right to do if you don't have them because they're looked at as the highest honor you could ever get, you know. Mahershala Ali probably Mm -hmm. couldn't have been able to make that call to Kevin Feige if he hadn't had two Oscars behind him already like he's he's been a phenomenal actor for a very very long time Um, but to say your two time Oscar winner Mahershala Ali carries a little bit more weight Uh, sad but true
0: exactly (laughs) And that's also putting exactly. more money in your pockets, which makes a difference when most of the time are getting people paid of a color lot less. Um, and those fields are getting paid uh, less. Are getting paid a lot yeah. less. Like
1: I remember I was talking about, I was talking to somebody at work about, um, I guess Jessica Chastain and Octavia Spencer had done a movie together and Jessica Chastain was getting paid more than Octavia Spencer and Octavia Spencer has been an actress in the public eye for a very, very long time, much longer than Jessica Chastain. Right. And Jessica Chastain was like, I'm not doing this movie unless you pay her the exact same amount of money you're paying me. Um, Cause that's unfair. Exactly. Um, and we need more people like her to stand up and be like,
0: but it's so dope that she yeah, stood up and did that. Cause most care. people would just be like, well, exactly. I'm gonna worry about my pockets. Nobody I don't care tell otherwise. You know what to
1: say. So we need more people to stand up and be like, this is unfair that you're paying that person a different amount of money
0: right now that's what it means to be an ally a lot of people flap their lips and stuff oh i'm an ally i'm here with you i'm down with you and stuff but it's really about putting putting your words where your mouth is and really doing something active about it like that's the way that you make change right there is to stand up and say you know what i'm willing to walk away from this if exactly. you're not going to give the person that's beside me their, their fair exactly. share, their due. Um,
1: so I am, like, the story behind it of him going to Kevin Feige and being like, this is what I want to do, and him saying yes is dope. It's inspiring. It I love goes it. back to that whole manifesting mm-hmm. thing with uh, Billy Porter I was talking about and how, like, sometimes you just have to go for the thing. Um, because yeah. why not? Like, the worst they can do is tell you no, and the best thing they can do is tell you yes. So why not? Why not just go for it? like just go for it Um, and
0: I've been seeing quite a few stories on Twitter like that recently of people just like declaring stuff and then it end up actually coming to pass because they just put it out there and said this is what I want this is what I'm going to do and then they just set their mind to it and they they take the path to get there and it just happens for them and I think it's just so Uh dope when it happens for people like you by the way yeah So are we talking about this or no Sure, okay. I can talk about it. <laughs> I can talk about it now. Well, I'm not gonna be in pose or in the Marvel universe
1: be at this point in my life. Maybe
0: one day. I just want to, yeah. I just want to be in there. I mean, even if it, just put me in the background somewhere. Can I just walk by? <laughs> I could walk by Baharshula. Like I ain't got to really say nothing to her. I just want to walk by close enough to just, you know, ah, you smell good right. and keep going. <laughs> anyway, so I'm not gonna be, <laughs> I'm not gonna be in any of that. But almost four years ago. I had really just gotten back into the freelance writing game in 2014. And so late 2015, I saw where uh, this Twitter page called Writers of Color was and they always send out all these different tweets about different editorial writing staff writing jobs and stuff. And at that point, I was just really trying to find things for people that were looking for pitches like I really wasn't looking uh-huh. for a solid. Place to work because I was already working somewhere, and I just didn't have the self confidence to actually think that I could write full time at that time. Like it was no, that wasn't even feasible in my head. Um, but I saw where they had posted something for Nerdist, where they were looking for a morning editor thing, and so I replied back to it, and I was just like, man, you know, that would be a really awesome, like, a dream job. Like one day I want to be able to write for write about Doctor Who, which is one of my favorite fandoms, um, for Nerdist. And so this year, a couple weeks ago, I actually. Got my paperwork signed and everything, and starting on August the 20th, I am going to be Nerdist's new contributing editor slash writer. Fanfare and all sorts of things in the background. Yeah, so I mean, it came, I've gotten like, I I tweeted about it on on you know on twitter and i've just gotten so much love and and good wishes and i've had a couple people email me and just people saying that they felt like it was such a big deal um because they've been wanting to really see more diversity uh over at nerdist for Uh a while um and i'm not sure about the whole entire you know staff makeup or any of that stuff like that i do know it's a small staff and i do know that the staff members that i can think of are not people of color. So, I mean, it's a pretty strong possibility that I might be the only person of color that's in that capacity there. So, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that this will just be right. the beginning of shifts and changes and stuff. I know that Nerdist kind of, you know, has a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a tint to it or whatever. A lot of people associate it with Chris, Chris Hartwick. Um the thing about Nerdist is that he actually has not been affiliated with the company for a couple of years. And that was before all of the fiasco and stuff came out with him last year. And the editor in chief and the, the folks there made it very clear that they don't support or condone any of the things that he has done and that they pretty much are their own thing now. Like he doesn't own the company. He doesn't have anything to do with Nerdist whatsoever. And so, I mean, this is a chance for them to really kind of take this brand, even though he built it and he, right. you know, he started this stuff and just really take it to a whole nother level. So I'm just really excited to be a part of it. I'm excited to see what I can bring to the table um, as an editor. It's, it's a little scary and it's a little jarring. Um, it wasn't even something that I applied for. It was something that actually kind of, fell into my lap literally um so i'm just i'm really thankful for it and i'm excited i can't wait to see where it'll take me but i'm glad that you know i tweeted that and it's so funny to see that it took four years for it to come to manifestation it's something that i never you know even uh, uh, five months ago i wouldn't even thought that it was ever going to really be a thing because they just it's very cliquey over there you know i mean they kind of have their own circle and stuff and so i just never thought that I would be able to kind of break into that sphere, but I did. And I feel like a lot of that is just, a lot of that is just God. Like if it's meant for you to be somewhere, those bear any kind of barriers or anything that could stand in your way, which most of the time, the biggest barrier is you anyway. He gonna, he gonna move it and you know, he can move it and make it happen, but you gotta believe it and you gotta go for it. I mean, because when it came to me, I could have backed away and said, oh, I'm not, I I don't know if I'm ready for this. I don't think, I don't know if this is right or whatever. And I'm like, if he brought it to me, it's gotta be the right thing, so why not go for it? The most the most I can do is do an interview, and they exactly. will say no. Then okay, it's fine. You know, I still have a writing career, and I can still go on. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Sometimes so the best thing to do is just happens. like quiet that voice in your head that's telling you that you can't do it and it's not for you and stuff like that. Just tell them to shut the f up and just go for it. Because um, mm-hmm. like that voice is just. It's always going to be there. That's the thing that I've been noticing. I think that's one of the the lessons I've learned in the last few weeks of you know craziness that's been going on. It's just like the little voice in the back of your head that's telling you you can't do it and you're not good enough and all that other stuff. First of all, it's lying to you. And you have to remember that it's mm-hmm. lying to you. Um, and it's only saying that because it knows that you're actually good enough for it. And it's just trying to get you out of it. Um, and you need to tell the, shut the F up but like it's that's the only thing that's holding me back a lot of times it is you like it's it's you like you've got the juice you've got whatever it is that you need already in you to do the things that you want to do right you just have to like let it out
0: um Cause that was like the first thing I started thinking when the when the opportunity first came to me or whatever. I was thinking about all the reasons why. It was like, you know, well, first of all, I'm not a part of this, you know, normal like circle that, cause I mean, they're a very uh-huh. tight knit group over there. I'm not a part of that normal circle. They're not gonna want me there. I'm not gonna be wanted there, was my first thought. My second thought was, I mean, because the writing space, especially the genre writing space. And when I say that, I mean, you know, things that are sci-fi, fantasy, geek, uh-huh. nerd related. That space is just by nature, very tight knit and very small. Um, and a lot of times if you don't live in an LA or a New York, that lessens your chances of being a part of that circle. And then if you're a person of color, particularly a woman of color, that brings your chances down even more, unless you're going to the sites that are specifically Uh out there for us, you know? And when you think about it, most of the prominent geek and nerd based sites are sites that are predominantly white. Uh So I mean, I was like, you know, th- this this is crazy. This ain't gonna work out or whatever. And I just I did exactly what you said to. I had to just quiet that and right. say, why not me? You know, like I know that there are other people. Like I've I know that there are other people out there that are doing these types of things or whatever. And I don't feel like they're any more talented than I am. And it's not to put anybody else down, you know, or anything like that. But I'm like, I know they're not more talented than I am. I've been at this. I started. I did my first freelance article uh-huh. in 2012. So why not I've me? Been watching you know,
1: for a while because I remember when you were just working at a bank I think and talking about you wanting to be a writer and then you just mm-hmm. kind of started doing it and then you just kept doing it and then you quit your job and you know did the, f- the freelance writing thing full-time and I was just like she did that like my fr- she's get like
0: she's doing the thing <laughs> like I have yeah but have you gotta do watching.
1: it. it's been so fun to watch you go from like just writing a few articles a week for like one thing for like peanuts to like this now it's been I'm so proud of you like I really am like well, thank you so I'm proud of myself proud of
0: uh, and we gotta start telling ourselves exactly. that we deserve things too like especially as women you know I mean we, we don't go after things with the, with the with the gusto that guys do cause guys will go after stuff and they will be oh, mediocre God, at yes. best and they will just run right towards something. But a lot of times it's that con- they, they'll have the confidence in themselves, even if it's misplaced uh-huh. confidence sometimes, at least they have the confidence to actually try. We'll have everything that we need to succeed. And we don't have the confidence to try because we're, we, for some reason we get it in our head that we, we think we want to think too small and we want to put ourselves into a yeah. box because the world puts us in a box. But I'm like, if everybody else is putting you in one, exactly. don't put yourself in one. Oof, oof. I've
1: been thinking about that whole concept of letting people put you in a box. For a very long time. Like I've got. Gotten- right.
0: <sighs> but we do it to ourselves. And that's, I mean, that's really trash right there because you can't control right. what other people try to do. They're going to do what they're going to do. You have no control over that, but you have control over exactly. you and what but you do. You can't,
1: you can't put yourself in a box and you can't let other people do it because once, once you or other people start to think that they can put you in a the box, then they start making the box smaller and smaller and smaller and mm-hmm. smaller until you can't really move. That's the thing that I've been thinking about. So you got to like cut the box open and be like, screw the box. Because, again, if you give somebody else that control, they're just going to keep making the box smaller and smaller and smaller until there's nothing left. Um, No space for you to move. Um, So, yeah. Right. That was my thought. That was my deep uh, introverted thought for the day.
0: It was was a deep thought. We just had a deep conversation there that kind of just came out of nowhere. But I feel like it's something that needed to be said and hopefully somebody will take something away from that so maybe you know if if what happened with me or you know what happened with Mahershala or anybody else it will inspire anybody to step outside of the box that you place yourself in and just really say what you want and then do what you can do to try to manifest that I hope that it helps somebody.
1: If you guys are manifesting anything Mm -hmm. and something has come to fruition let us know so we can kind of all Mm -hmm. motivate each other to do and achieve greater yeah.
0: Oh, i am down for the motivation yep tweet us let us know we would glad. we will be glad to cheer you along um and if anybody just wants any kind of general general ideas about stuff or they you're just not really sure especially if it comes to something right. in the writing space i mean i can't do the work for you but i can tell you what i know and maybe it could be helpful so just let us know But on to today's topic. You can Uh tell we've been gone for a while Uh because we've been gone for a while. Uh, But today's topic, we just wanted to, after having such a rough time, we just really want to take some time and talk about the things that bring Uh us joy. Um, I know for me, and I think because I've been just so into the theme that we've had this season and with Pose, especially using, now of course they're starting to segue into more like Uh early 90s music. But with Pose having such a, Foundation and that eighties music and stuff. I think I've just kind of been in this eighties mode lately, because like the Pose Spotify playlist ha- is definitely one of my happy things. Like every single song that you hear in Pose is on that playlist, I really and it's love great. The fact that playlists have become a thing that
1: you know outlets are using to help promote their work. Um, if that makes any yeah. sense, because like it's definitely become a thing over the last couple of years, especially with you know. Spotify being a thing and it being very easy for you to create a playlist and share it with people. Um, like, I really love that as like a marketing tool, for lack of better words. Like it helps. It just helps at the end of the day. Like you can watch a show and then go and listen to a playlist with all the songs that you love from the show. Like I just love that, that as a concept
0: right I mean and Pose has even done it where they've actually broken it down by actors so they've had like yeah MJ has a list out there and India um, they have a list out there and uh, Billy Porter has a list and a couple of other people too I'm not sure if they I don't know if Candy and Lulu ever got around to doing one but I know that those three have uh, their own individual list that they kind of built it's a little bit built around them and then kind of a mix of what they listen to and what their character Uh would be into And those lists are good, too. So, yeah, it's just been a big, like, 80s, early 90s, like, playlist. Like, that's pretty much what I've been playing on my phone. I've listened to some new music here and there, but I've just really been in, like, this Uh 80s mode. Um, So I've been doing a lot of the post-Spotify playlists. Um, It's weird, but I love 80s horror movies. Like, they're just, they're the best to me. It's I've seen them a billion times, like none of them are overly I mean they're not bad movies or anything like that but none of them are like overly like Uh terrifyingly scary for me because I've Uh seen them so many times but it's just I like to laugh at the parts that are a little (laughs) cheesy you look back at you know the dumb stuff that people did I mean you look at how people are a little dressed and just and all of that stuff so I have watched like this whole string of horror movies like some of them I own some of them I found like streaming online and stuff I love the Lost Boys so I have watched that probably three times in Uh the last month I've watched Hellraiser. Uh, I've watched Nightmare on Elm Street. I've watched Creepshow. I've watched uh, American Werewolf in London. I've watched uh, Poltergeist. Uh, I watched The Shining. Um, I've watched Nightmare so on Elm Street. Like, i have been watching it's just, all the horror movies. I've been watching just all of the 80s horror movies. And I just, some of them I hadn't seen in years. But I just wanted to take that trip back down memory lane. Like I'm like, dang, I really love these movies. It's just something... I guess it's just that comfort of going back to something Uh that you know and something that kind of reminds you of Uh like stuff you watched as a kid. So I I don't know, it's just that, that just has been weirdly enough kind of giving me a bit of the warm and fuzzies. Horror movies giving you the warm and fuzzies. Yes, it does. It gives me the warm, it gives me the warm and fuzzies. There's a
1: neural pathway there that's not quite right because it's something (laughs) I don't don't get warm and fuzzy. I don't don't think it's okay. Horror
0: movies and slasher films and stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's okay. But I feel like a lot of the horror movies now are just like, yeah, uh, I don't know how to describe it. I just feel like they're just overly like just violent for violent sake. Yeah, I can see that. I kind of like there's nothing. There's no kind of there's no other kind of like you know substance or deeper yeah. lore or anything like that behind it. I you like, know,
1: <laughs> I've low key rolled my eyes when people come up to the theater that I work at wanting to see a horror movie i'm just like this movies a lot of times the majority of them that have come out the last few years outside of like it and get out and us and stuff like that a lot of people said weren't really good like and so i just kind of roll my eyes at those people that come to see those movies like i don't understand i don't understand the 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 attraction to horror movies a lot of times i feel like they look cheesy and like I don't know. I, it might be because I'm a black woman and, you know, the black people are always the first to die in the horror movies. But it's always because...
0: Right, Most so, of the time, but yeah. they're
1: always doing stupid things like... Going off by themselves. Oh, that's the fun into, of it for me. Like into the direction dying. of the creepy sound. I'm just like, oh, you're just trying to die, aren't you?
0: Like white girls just be tripping over air, and I'm like, yo, oh, right. what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> like, there's nothing on the ground. You just run, and you just like, oh, then fail. I'm like, what are you I, doing? Like a lot Get of, like, the like running upstairs yes. in the movie so i just i watch them and i just get a bunch of snacks and i yell at the people on my tv like so I'm what not, the hell are you doing i'm not run
1: i've never really been big into like the <laughs> 80s horror movies and i don't like horror movies mm-hmm. in general but i remember there was like a distinct time of like our favorite artists being in the 90s horror movies because you know brandy was in i know what you did last summer i know what you did last um, summer and usher too right yeah. I think I, she was in Still No.
0: Yeah, it was the second one. She and did she survived. actually. Um, mm-hmm. And LL Cool J I was about survived. To bring up uh, Deep Blue Sea
1: too. I really love Deep Blue Sea. Yes. I don't know why. Um, I love Me the too. fact that there's that scene in there where um Samuel Jackson's kind of going off, like doing one of his famous tangents where he's like super hype and pissed off about something, and like in the middle of a sentence he gets eaten <laughs> by a shark. <laughs> Then <laughs> you're just like, well that just happened.
0: <laughs> oh man. It's fine, I guess. Oh my god. Oh, I watched Jaws too. Speaking of that. Like I'm just I've been I've been going down the whole list. I have watched wow, so many. Really it's ridiculous.
1: Like, that's a very like I feel like there should be a study done about why, like, when you're feeling crappy, you tend to go towards horror movies of all things. Like that just and it's a lot of I, it, I don't it too. Know. It's not like one it's particular one, it's hold of them
0: no i've watched a lot of them like I I, I I wish we had time to squeeze it in this this season but at some point because we plan on doing the podcast for a while i'm going to have to circle back around and do like a full like horror episode we wow, said eventually me, we won't. would end up breaking <laughs> off and doing like some i know but remember we said we were going to break <laughs> off eventually cuz i know one episode you're probably going to end up doing something backstreet boys related and i know but i don't have the deep knowledge in of the of the history of the backstreet boys and all of these things that you know and you and other uh-huh. super fans would know so it w- if you did something like that, it would be better for you to do an episode with somebody who who is equally into Backstreet Boys the way that you are. I like the not Backstreet like Boys show. a lot, but I don't have the really? same type of fervor for like,
1: the group that you have. When we do the Backstreet Boys episode, which will inevitably happen sometime soonish, I just want you to know that I am not as crazy as I sound. That's just what I'm going to say. Sure.
0: I'll be sure to listen. I'll be sure to listen to that one because it'll be easier to listen to the episode because I won't have my own irritating voice in it. So Uh,
1: I just, I promise you I am not as crazy as I sound and that's going to be my Mm -hmm.
0: If you have to preface it with that, then that means you already know you're about to sound crazy. I already know who I want to do the show with. I just haven't asked them
1: yet. But yeah, I promise you we are not that crazy. It's Okay, I'll
0: put it this way. We're not that crazy in normal life. And like our little backstreet bubble, it's a completely Mm. different story. Right. I'm sure everybody listening believes that. They don't, but it's okay. Mm -hmm. So jumping back over to playlists, um, I have also just been listening to other throwback playlists. I really like our throwback Uh playlists. And I'm not just saying that because I made it, but- I think it's actually got a lot of really good songs up there and I've been adding a couple of things here and there too so I've had fun like playing with that list moving some songs around and everything like doing stuff like that because I'm the person that has like 40 different playlists like for every mood for different decades uh-huh. for different genres like all of that stuff or whatever so I get a lot of joy of just being on Spotify and just creating playlists she- for different moods like I have writing playlists where I just have like all like, ga- like gaming soundtracks and you know Instrumentals and stuff that I like to listen to in the background she while I write. Because she created it, by the
1: way. Like, don't don't let her don't let her distract uh, you.
0: Mate, no, nah, that's sure. not that's not true. I mean, I do think it's a decent I do think it's a decent playlist from uh-huh. what I've heard. Uh-huh. People seem to like the playlist, so I've been listening to that too. Um, of course, Stranger Things season three has given me a lot of a lot of joy. Like just the whole thing with the kids hanging out in the mall and seeing stores in the mall like Sam Goody and stuff that I haven't seen forever. Um, watching the kids grow up and, and do their thing. The whole never ending story tie in, which the first time I saw that, like the first line that they sung, I immediately knew what the song was. And what uh-huh. movie it was from. And so I was so thrilled to see that. So it was just so cute. like, And that actually led me to going back and watching The NeverEnding Story. See, I have not been watching all horror movies. I did watch The NeverEnding Story with my kids. And they are obsessed with that movie now. Uh-huh. Your kids have taste. Which gave me a lot of joy. Yeah, th- that gave me a lot of joy. Because I wasn't sure. I mean, it's just, you never know when you... When you have kids now that are used to the pacing of TV, now you're not really sure uh-huh. how they're going to react yeah. to older stuff because the pacing yeah. is a lot slower. Um, it was kind of like when I when I introduced Genesis to like early Doctor Who, and I mean like uh-huh. 60s Doctor Who. It's in black and white, like it takes them like four episodes to like get through an entire storyline. Like it's significantly slower. Um, and and then tv it's just formatted different because it's a british tv show um but she actually really really loves those early episodes of doctor who which surprised me Hmm. interesting so yeah i did i love the never-ending story just made me happy and stuff so what's some things you've been Um, some things you've been doing mostly
1: for me it's been music um you know I, i love music and music has just kind of always been a way that i regulate my mood um and so i've been listening to a lot of older stuff um so, listening to Old Backstreet Boys for some odd reason, I've been listening to the No Strings Attached album from NSYNC a lot. I don't really know why. Okay. I gravitated to that album. Well, that's nothing wrong with um, that. That album's got a digital oh, okay. Get Down" on it, which, like, should have been a single. Like, no lie, I've listened to that yeah. song and have seen number of times because um, it definitely should have been a single. That song's great, um, and it's kind of still sounds like it could probably come out today. Maybe a little bit of an update, but it still sounds pretty like it could probably come out today and be all right. Um, so lots of that. Yeah. Um, I You can never, ever go wrong listening to Britney Spears.
0: Like, ever. There's not... I have been listening album. to Britney too. <laughs> I went through like a whole video, Same. like rabbit hole, of going back Same. and just watching her There's early videos. There's this person that I
1: found on YouTube, but I don't know what their... I can't remember what their name is, but what they do is... um they do uh, dance compilations of Britney Spears performing certain songs. So what they'll do is they'll find every performance of her doing a song and then cut it together. So all you're looking at is the choreography to that song. Because, you know, like in a music video, it'll be like a piece of choreography and then some acting and then going back to the dancing and then something where she's just singing by herself and then maybe like a vignette, like that Oops, I Did It Again video where like they do the whole thing about dropping the the diamond in the bottom of the ocean because they did the Titanic. Right. And I was down to
0: get it for you, baby. Instead,
1: what they do is they take, you know, videos of her doing the choreography, whether it be in concert or TV specials or whatnot, and cut it. So the only thing you're seeing is her doing the choreography and it's so seamless. And I don't know how they do it. It's so dope how you can just see all of the choreography. Like you were watching it in concert, where pretty much all she's doing is the choreography. Um, And I fell down a rabbit hole of that videos because I love the choreography. But again, the videos cut in and out of the choreography a lot of times um and so i've loved those um can never really go wrong with britney i don't think there's a few albums that i haven't really listened to like some of the more recent stuff um but Mm -hmm. like you can never really go wrong with the first couple of albums or like all the way up to circus and
0: Oh, the first album just gives me so oh much nostalgic feels like i remember distinctly remember going out mm-hmm. and buying that on cassette tape with I my mom i
1: almost bought i saw it at target one day because i don't know why vinyl is a, like old school vinyl is a thing now like i'm happy that vinyl is becoming a thing um but like i literally mm-hmm. was at target one day and i saw her first album on vinyl and it was like an actual pink vinyl record with that songs on it oh my gosh and that's I so cute like, i kind of want it but i also don't want to pay 25 dollars for it but i almost want it and i actually almost bought uh the backstreet boys is either is releasing or has released uh the millennium album on vinyl so i know you can buy it on uh mm-hmm. amazon um i cancel my order because i didn't really want to pay for it right now um, but they're re-released they're <laughs> releasing millennium on vinyl um and i kind of a little bit kind of want some of those like 90s albums that i loved a lot on vinyl just so i could say that i have them um but again can never go wrong britney christina had some hits or misses early and she didn't really release albums with the like as frequently as britney did
0: um which is right. fine i guess
1: um i'm not even gonna go on <laughs>
0: I can't really think of an album of hers that I, like, would want to just listen to all the way through. Like, I mean, with her albums, I always felt like things were kind of hit or miss for me. Like, it's like, ooh, I really like this song. Ooh, let me skip to this track. Let me skip to that track, you know? that's
1: kind of been her thing forever. Like, I don't think she's found Mm -hmm. a vein that, like, works for her and, like, consistently works for her. Because, like, on Stripped, she had a couple of, like, more rock-tinged songs that were great. But then the very next thing she did is that uh, was back to basics where it was a very old school 60s 70s do what kind of thing going on which was fine right
0: yeah it's kind of, it's kind of all fine. over the place and then she was
1: doing like the the more edgy madonna esque videos where she's in like fetish and bondage
0: gear thing you're just like
1: can you kind of pick a vibe it's a lot <laughs>
0: it's- <laughs> yeah it, it, it's a lot I don't know what's going just, on just
1: pick something like do Or find some way to merge all of those things together instead of having to do them separately. Like, it just doesn't...
0: I... Christina's one of my... And I love Brittany. I just just want to hug Brittany. Like, I literally saw a article out today where they felt the need to report that she had... For some reason, they got a hold of, like, her, like, financial documents or something. I don't know. But they felt the need to report that, Britney, like, the number of times she had been to Target. And I'm like, girl, me too. I go to Target all the time. Like, what was the point of reporting that? Leave her alone. Really? Like, I feel like people just try to nitpick and try to find things to talk about her about. And I'm like, she mind her own business. Like, I... You know, she last—I haven't been on Instagram in a while—but last I saw on Instagram, she was like, you know, booed up and all yeah. this stuff like that. She's hanging out with her sons; like, she's minding her own business. Like, she has been through a lot and, to be honest, and still exactly. trying to go through a lot to really reclaim her own independence and stuff. Like, leave, I leave really, that woman alone. I'm leave Brittany alone. This, this thing about Brittany, but I can't believe that
1: conservatorship has lasted as long as it has. Like,
0: right? It's ridiculous. I
1: want to say it started in like 2007 or something.
0: Right. This woman is going to be 38 and years old this like, year. 37, 38? And she 38?
1: has less yeah. like, rights and responsibilities than I do when I'm 32. And I just... I pray for her because I really just want her... She's been through so much and she was a star since she was like 10 and in the public eyes and she was very, very young. And I just want... I just want her to be happy and like... Well, Me too. And safe Mm -hmm. and cared for without like somebody taking advantage of her. Like I really, I've never met the woman in my life. I've actually never seen her in concert, but like, I kind of want, I pray for her a lot. Like I want the best of her. Like I would love to see her. She kind of always has this kind of glassy look on her face. Like, please get me out of here.
0: All the time. Yeah. I mean, it's something about, she just looks like she's never really happy and even when I've seen her like the last performances Uh of hers I've seen a lot of people are like oh I feel like she's performing Uh lazy and stuff and I'm like to me she just seems like she just doesn't want to do it like
1: like,
0: yeah I mean you've been doing this your whole life or whatever and this has both been the the best and possibly kind of the worst thing that's ever happened to you was to be an international superstar
1: you know I just really want her to be okay like I really do like every time I see her I'm just like she looks sad like <laughs> can we, can we help the girl out yeah. um so but yeah i love her music her music like literally a thing that will get me out of my my rut is getting up and dancing around and not to pretend i'm going for a britney song or like uh, a janet jackson or something like that but i gravitate mostly towards like 90s pop because that's yeah. those are my formative reviews basically um or if i need to get some aggression out i'm going to Lincoln Park but like even Lincoln Park is a little bit of a sore spot these days um so yeah 90s pop is my thing um, other things mm-hmm. that I gravitate towards are like my favorite TV shows uh, because I know everything that's gonna happen so I'm not really like having to pay attention I can just kind of zone out if I want to um, but still feel good two of my favorite shows are Avatar The Last Airbender which we've talked about um and how like of I course. literally started and I will not watch anything else until I'm all the way towards the end of the season, end of the show, because um, it's just that good. And once you kind of get into it, you can't stop. Um, it's got great lessons in, like, meditation. And, like, there's an entire episode where Aang goes, something happens to Appa. I think Appa gets kidnapped. And he ends up on one of the that Air Nomad temples and stuff like that. And there's an entire episode mm-hmm. where this guru teaches him about chakras and what they are and how to you know deal with blockages and their different chakras and stuff like that um teaches him about meditation and how to unlock all of his past avatar selves like this show is really really deep like if you if you're paying attention the show is really really deep um
0: uncle no. Ivo's
1: always got some deep thoughts that like can help you sort out Whatever's going on in your head at the time, Um, Uncle Ira is quite possibly my favorite character on that show, Uh, is actually my favorite character on that show, followed by Toph. Um, So, like, I just love that show. It, It makes me, especially even, like, the music going into and out of the episodes are just kind of meditation music. I wonder if there's, like, an Avatar The Last Airbender soundtrack
0: there probably is. Like, you can find any kind of thing or at the very least, somebody has probably made like a makeshift playlist on Spotify. Like, you can find pretty much everything there. Oh, throwback shows are good too. Like, I mean, I, I definitely see why you, why you would go back and I haven't, Cause I just, I guess I've just been doing so many movies and I have to keep up with Uh so many current shows. Um, I haven't had a chance to really do a whole (laughs) lot of my favorite throwback shows and some stuff I've been watching has been like a few years old, but really not that old. Like I've been like rewatching Kill a Kill, which is, uh, one of my, one of my favorite anime series or whatever, but
1: somebody I used to be in a band with, uh, had like a sticker of one of the Mm -hmm. characters on his guitar and he was like, it's from this show called Kill a Kill. And I've wanted to watch it, but it's in Japanese and me and subtitles don't do well.
0: Yeah, it's good. Um, but I hadn't seen it in a while, but that only came out like a few years ago, so it really doesn't like fit into the scope of this. I thought it was a little older. No, it came out in like 2012, LA.
1: 13. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. It's not that old. Okay. Yeah, it's
1: on Netflix. I not figured that much. Everything's on Netflix except for yep. Sensei and other mm-hmm. things that we like, but we're not going to go down that rabbit hole today
0: ah i know that makes me so mad (laughs) i'm considering getting
1: rid of my netflix account too by the way i know that's a random thing to think about but yeah me and netflix (sighs) disney plus is about to take all my money because
0: marvel is Mm -hmm. disney plus is hitting it and netflix is canceling too much stuff but that that's a that's a topic for another podcast (laughs) yeah so speaking of podcasts um I actually have been going back and re-listening to episodes of Go Bayside. I mentioned this podcast uh, uh-huh. way back when, when we did our Saved by the Bell episode. Nice, and nice. basically, it's this uh, co- comedian named April Richardson, and she gets a friend to come sit on her couch. Most of these people are people who either know nothing about Say by the Bell or they have very, very little uh-huh. knowledge of the show. Um, I think she only maybe had one or two people up there that actually were like actual fans of the show but most of the people had which made it even funnier when the people had no idea about the show because they're like what right. the hell is this but she would have them come over her house sit on her couch and watch an episode with her and then they would just go through it like beat by beat and just break the whole thing down it is one of the funniest podcasts I have ever listened to before like in my life though her guests have me dying talking about this show because it just really makes you realize like how absolutely stupid and ridiculous it is And like I've gone back, the first time I listened to it, I actually would go back and I would watch the episode and then I would go and listen to the podcast or whatever so that way I could kind of re-familiarize myself because a lot of those episodes, I hadn't actually sat down and watched them. Like they may be on TV Uh and passing, but I hadn't actually sat down and watched them in years. So the first time I went through, I actually watched the episode. Then I listened to the podcast, but this time I've just been kind of listening to it kind of cause I've already, you know, right. heard all the episodes and stuff before, but I've been going back through and like picking up my favorite episodes. Like the one where she did about one of the say by the bell movies, I completely forgot I those movies. just cackle the whole time <laughs> because the movies are so stupid. And I mean, they just really point out every single dumb absolutely nonsensical thing and so i just i love it because it it cracks me up and makes me laugh so so much
1: there were movies i yeah okay so help me figure this out my brain was do you remember Mm -hmm. when they went to like a beach resort and were working on a beach resort for a
0: while yeah so the crazy the crazy thing about the beach resort episodes is that the way that they have the episodes um, the way that they have the episodes set up on Hulu and I'm not actually sure if this is the airing order that they have them up there but like they were in school for a few episodes and then they were at the beach for a couple of episodes and then they were like back in school and then they was back at the beach oh. and then they were back in school I was like what is happening here like I know this didn't air out of order like this so I, I never checked to see what the actual air date of those were but I'm like what the, what the heck not is out of order
1: the fact that there were episodes within working at a beach resort like that totally
0: was a thing they definitely worked at the beach resort which was absolutely just ridiculous like why are they all there what are they doing like the dumbest oh, stuff yes. happened at this beach i was like help oh, help yes. me god
1: this is and stupid. then the college
0: years which was just oh god was for her yeah we don't need to talk about those it's just <laughs> and just the Vegas bad special i was like get out of here kelly got married oh my god yes yeah oh my god that's the one i listened to <laughs> And that just kills me, because they were getting run around by, like, the crazy, like, the weird-looking mobsters with the oh shades and, like, the, the black suits and stuff with the gloves on. Who <laughs> the mobsters were funny. It's so stupid. Yeah, it's so stupid. But, I mean, again, like, if you want something to make you laugh and to make you just not think about all of the crazy stuff that's going on. Like I love that podcast. So if you're even like a casual fan of Say by the Bell, like go listen to it. And it's it's been recorded. It was recorded and done like years ago because once they ran out of episodes, obviously mm-hmm. that was the end of the podcast. But I mean it's so funny. So if you want a podcast to laugh at outside of ours, then go and listen to Go Bayside because that was really Boy, good
1: my podcast TV yeah. show tie-in thing is the west wing and the west wing weekly um, i'm a super nerd about things like this um my mom is a huge fan of the west wing actually she has the entire series on dvd but it's on i did not know that there was a west yeah, wing so podcast po- weekly is uh hosted by joshua malina who was on the west wing and was mm-hmm. also on scandal right he was on uh, scandal right yeah Rosen. um who was Mm -hmm. like a name-dropped character on the West Wing one day, like in one of their episodes. Um, And his friend, Harishi, who runs another podcast called Song Exploder, which is also a really good podcast. Um, But the two of them, they basically go episode by episode and talk about what's going on. Um, And the great thing about it is that because Josh Molina is one of the guys that helps the episode. You know, he obviously knows everybody involved with it. So they have episodes with Bradley Whitford and Allison Janney and Richard Schiff. Um, And they mm-hmm. actually did an episode, Um, the guy that played Leo McGarry, who was the chief of staff for the first five seasons or so. Five or six? No, he was chief of staff for like six seasons and then him and the president kind of had a falling out so he stepped down and then he died in the very like the actual actor died in the very last season and somehow they dug up an old interview with that guy uh, who played him and played it on the episode uh, on an episode of the podcast they even had is it martin sheen is that which one it is that was the president i'm gonna I'm,
0: I don't know, I'm I don't watch Marci. it, so. Um,
1: they actually did an entire special episode where they didn't cover, like, an actual episode of the show, but they just talked to him about being the president on the show the entire time. Um, so it's great that, like, every now and again, you will get them uh, with the actual actors from the show. Or, like, like if a, they did Tooth Cathedrals, which is the episode that Richard Schiff won an Oscar won an Emmy for that episode so they had him come on and talk about it Mm -hmm. Um, and it's really nerdy they've even had Aaron Sorkin who wrote the show on... (sighs) That reminds mm-hmm. me of The
0: Good Place podcast. Oh. Like it's the same. It's along the same vein where they actually right. have people from behind the scenes, have some of the actors and stuff come on and really like break down the episodes and talk about, you know, the deeper things right. behind the script and the motivations behind things, thematic things that, you know, thematic things that mm-hmm. they tie into the seasons and stuff. So directors, yeah, we're, we're kind of on the same wavelength with that. I, like, I like podcasts writers, like that. Directors
1: um, of different episodes. Like if there's a particular... Mm-hmm topic that they go over in the episode um they'll have somebody like a judge or a lawyer or something like that come and talk about it if somebody's doing um like they do they have a couple episodes of people who are um like in the military who get in some type of legal trouble back in the states um, after their military career is over um, and one of the women that was on the show she plays carol um they had her on a couple of episodes, and what she does now after the West Wing is she actually helps veterans who have found themselves in legal troubles after their military service is over and helps them kind of like reintegrate into society. Um, and so they also bring causes that are important to the show or are topics on particular episodes to the forefront on the episode, which I think is really dope. Uh, and it's great because that it just dope. kind of... Yeah, you want things that kind of take your mind off of things that are a little light. Um, but it's a lot of fun to see some of the behind-the-scenes things about the show that you really love. Um, you know, one of the things that Aaron Sorkin talked about on the epi- on an episode was, Have um, you ever watched The West Wing, it's very technical. It's very, the language is very dense. It's very uh, tech-heavy. Um, and they have a character mm-hmm. on the show that kind of helps. Is the person supposed to ask the question to explain Yeah, it's like a buffer to,
0: person yeah, um, to explain it. yeah. And
1: Aaron Swergan was like, I wasn't going to dumb down the content of my show for the audience. Like, I wanted them to rise to the level of the language on the show, which was great to me. Um, and, like, he has a very particular cadence, the way he writes, so to hear him talk about his writing process and, you know, the infamous walk-and-talks that were kind of patented on the show of, you know, people walking down the hallway and walking in, like, three or four different rooms and kind of splintering off into different conversations and all while the camera is still moving and not cutting um you know it was one of the first shows to ever do that I think they did it in the first episode where it was just like Josh Mm -hmm. was walking around the west wing and he had a conversation with one person and that person walked off and another person walked in and they all had a conversation together and mind you the entire time the camera has not cut at all so you have to remember all this dialogue (laughs) and be able to keep up with the rhythm of the show um
0: (sighs) but that's really cool that he does that because I think far too many shows kind of insult the intelligence of the people that are are watching. And I mean, it it makes you put a little bit more into a show. Like I like shows. There are some that you just want to have that are kind of in passing and stuff, but it's always good to have a show. And I feel like people that are into those type of genres and stuff Mm. anyway want to dive into it and want to find out more and stuff. So why not cater to that and actually make the language something that's going to, like you said, make them kind of Uh rise up so actually I actually think that's cool. Behind
1: at the West Weekly. I'm probably a couple seasons behind because they're past. So Aaron Sorkin stopped writing the show in season 4, and you can kind of tell mm-hmm. that he wasn't really writing the show anymore. Um and so they're in that season.
0: How many seasons seven. do they have overall? Or is it no, still only, still going on or, or is it done?
1: Um and Okay. They basically went through I think the first one or two seasons, maybe two or three seasons was his first term and then he went through re-election President Bartlett Um, and then the final season deals with uh, Josh who is pretty much the main character of the show but you don't really get that vibe until the end of the show. Like, the show is about Josh. Like, a lot of people don't realize that when you first watch The West Wing but the show is about Josh Lyman um, who's the Mm -hmm. deputy chief of staff. Um, So at the end, he leaves Bartlett's administration to go be like the campaign advisor for another guy that's take that is running for president after Bartlett's two terms are over. Uh, And he basically makes that guy president. Um, And so the entire last season, maybe like last season and a half, you see President Bartlett dealing with the last little bit of his uh, presidency and dealing with his MS, which is another big thing that was on the show. Like he had. A degenerative disease, um, which was a big scandal on the show, um, and yeah. you know dealing with the end of his presidency and then transitioning into another presidency at the end of the show. So it ended on Jimmy Smiths becoming the new president of the United States, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, I love that show. That's it's cool. It's my nerdy thing that like. I still don't even understand half of the things that go on the show, but I just love it so much. (laughs) The characters are great. The acting is great. I love Allison Janney. She's like one of the greatest actors ever. Um, She's hilarious. I want to watch her her show Mom. And I was going to say new show, but they're on like season six, so it's not really a new show. Yeah, I was going to say,
0: it's been around for a minute. It was one that was like on my radar that I said I wanted to watch, and then I kept forgetting. And then the next thing you know is like, holy crap, like you said, it's like five seasons of this. I'm probably not going to catch right. up at this point. <laughs> my list is so long. I just, I, I just can't do it. So, I mean, that's why I've been like going back and just like Yet. watching old stuff. Like I've been catching the first uh-huh. parts when I can. Um, of course that's always something that's a happy thing that makes go me go back and look at stuff. Prints. But yeah, my husband and I, we don't have a lot of outside of like Marvel. Uh-huh. We don't have a whole lot of things that really, and star Wars, um, we really don't have a whole lot of fandoms that intersect he's a Star like Wars that. Fan? Uh really. Mm? Interesting. Yeah. yeah, now he's not into he's not as into Star Trek uh-huh. as I am. Um, but yeah, we both we both are Star Wars fans, and okay. so is Genesis. Like she's actually having a Star Wars birthday party. Uh-huh. It's crazy. So Yeah, so the one thing that we do intersect at is Indiana Jones.
1: Oh now that's like dope. those movies.
0: Watch him, love him. Like, I got him the box set with all of the Indiana Jones movies maybe two years ago okay. for his birthday. Um, and so we just, we, we bust that out every now and then. And we did it recently where we just did, like, a whole, like, Indiana Jones, like, binge. Nice. So we just went through all the different, I mean, we're, like, quoting and we just take turns, like, quoting lines from the, movie, <laughs> from the movies and talking about moments and stuff like that. And I love that because... And it's, it's cool that we, and I, I really like it. Actually, I actually had a friend that asked me about that. She was like, well, what's it like, you know, being with somebody that really isn't into a lot of the things that you're into. I was like, well, the thing is that we respect each other's space to have fandoms that the other person is into. And we don't, belittle each other or down Uh each other for liking certain things like I mean he does not see the point of Doctor Who at all he's like you know what like he's tried to watch a couple episodes with me and he was like I'm just not into this I just, it's just yeah he was like it's just too weird for me like and he he was like it's just too weird for me but he's never like made me feel like oh well I don't know why you're into that is you know it's weird it's stupid or any of that stuff like that like he knows it's my thing so he's like when I go to the conventions and when you know the new season comes out and I like cook a whole bunch of food and like make cupcakes and do all of that stuff like that to like celebrate it he just like lets me do my thing uh-huh. and like, he's the same way about cars like he's a super car fanatic and he watches all these shows and i don't know what right. the heck they're talking about like and i don't really care to know what they're talking about but i know that that's his thing that he like geeks out and gets all like ee-e about so i just kind of let him have that thing but it's really cool like the things that we do yeah. intersect on we both really, really like them or whatever. So, I mean, we like we, we love all things Marvel. We share some comics that uh-huh. we like to read together, but like Indiana Jones is one of those things where I love the movie and he loves it just I as mean, much.
1: But that's the way a re- relationship should be. Is like you guys have the things that you both like together and then you guys have like your right. things that you like separately from each other. Like that's Yeah,
0: great. and we don't try to like force each other to like what the other person likes Mm -hmm. like you don't always have to be on that same wavelength all the time i'm not going to sit there and make him watch doctor who he chose to watch it with me one night because i i wouldn't care if he had never watched a single episode but i think he just wanted to watch it with me number one so that he would know what the heck i was talking about sometimes and, you know, cause he had me explain the general concept to him and I did And he was like, uh, <laughs> what? So he, he actually sat down and watched like it with too. me and he's like, yeah, he did. <laughs> cause he just looked at me the whole time. And he was nodding and stuff. And at the end I was like, so you get it? And he's like, uh, what? I, no, I don't get it. <laughs> well, like I don't understand at all. Actually. <laughs> Does not compute. <laughs> yeah so we 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 don't try to force each other but i did i've enjoyed watching those indiana jones movies like that just that gave me joy um we're both super busy people and so it's kind of nice when we could sit down and watch things together um and weirdly enough i and i read fanfic all the time like i'm actually in the middle of reading a really good rashawn fanfic uh story I right now addicted
1: to fan but like i've Loved fanfiction for a very, very long time, but, like, I have not been on Twitter the last few weeks because I have been on Tumblr reading ridiculous amounts of fanfiction. Like...
0: Yeah. I, I am constantly Ridiculous. into fanfiction. Like and I've always read it and I would do like Doctor Who. I do a lot of Walking Dead fanfic, mm-hmm. especially now that the show is kind of veered off into Crayless. a you know a different direction. Because there are a lot of fanfics out there about the show that oh, are better dude. than yes. what I've seen the yes. past couple of seasons. I've
1: read some great so... Game of Thrones fanfiction that retcons everything that all the garbage things that happened in season eight and I'm so happy. <laughs> like
0: mm-hmm. see I need to that's what I need to get into. I wanna get into some Game of Thrones fanfic. I just haven't found the right famous. ones yet. But I did find a random one. Um, it was a Jodi fanfic. Like there are a few, quite a few out there. If you go to like literally mm-hmm. fanfiction.net, I think. And I actually searched up under D'Aria was, but I was specifically looking for things about Jodi because she's getting her own like series and all of that stuff. And I'm like, I wonder what, I wonder if people actually wrote fanfic about her. And I found quite a few stories out there and I was like, mm-hmm. these are really good. And it just made me really happy to like see fanfiction out there about her. So yeah, now all of a sudden I am just going to be on all of the like I'm going to be able to, like make our own archives and all those other places that fanfic hides out, and I'm just going to try to go out there and find have all the ever Jody fanfic gone now. To archive of our own. That's like the
1: big fanfiction website.
0: Yes, but I haven't looked there for it yet. Um, they have everything. The only thing I've yeah the only thing I've read on that site is Walking Dead mm-hmm. stuff. I got into. And the last thing I read up there was, because right now, like the whole Connie and Daryl, which Connie, uh, as I mentioned earlier, is played uh-huh. by Lauren Ridloff. Um, her and Daryl seem to have a thing going on, which is one of the good things that's on the show right now. And it's actually just, a lovely relationship because he barely talks, which works out because I mean, she's, she's deaf. He barely talks. They're both like super smart. They're like expert. Like they both have their own like individual weapons that they're experts at. And uh-huh. they're just really cute together. And they have a dog. So... Right. what's not to love there but yeah they've got some like donnie fanfic out there and i've just been they, devouring all of that so i'm gonna have to go look for some daria I stuff love, there the
1: thing that i love about archive of our own is like you can search by pretty much everything and one of the things i love is you can search by like relationships with people so like if you ship two characters mm-hmm. there's nine out of ten fan fiction about them some of them are kind of gross but um some of them are cool and yeah. I yeah this one fanfiction, and it was very strange well not like very strange in like a bad way but like it, it was like you know how in certain fandoms there's always this one character that is like super smart and then there's this one character that's like the bodyguard of the super smart person so like for example mm-hmm. criminal lines you have reed and then you have morgan morgan is very protective over reed because reed's like his baby brother right so i read this one fan fiction where right. it was like morgan and reed and then like tony stark and black widow and then like the nerd guy, um, Hardison and Elliot from *Leverage*, and then like whoever the character was oh. in like, the, same... the same thing. Like they some some so evil fun. genius put them all together, and they had to like find oh their God. way out of the situation and stuff like that. So all the nerds, oh it was like six or seven different <laughs> pairs of people. Um, what was Taraji P. Henson's show before? Before *Empire*, she was on another show, and it was like a serious show. I can't remember what the name of it is
0: jesus christ you got me there so
1: basically somebody from those from that show like like i said there were six or seven pairs of people but i know definitely reed and morgan and tony and black widow and hardison and elliot and then like two or three other pairs of people um were all together put themselves like put their heads together to figure their way out of whatever the situation was while like all the like muscle people are like trading stories about like their best punches and weaponry and stuff like that it was like the nerdiest thing that I had ever read in my life but it was kind of cool right
0: that's so inventive though but there are some fanfic writers out there I'm like man like you you guys could write some like one of the girl one of my favorite um walking dead ones. um she's actually a black woman and she goes by the name cake by the pound and some of her stuff is just so, so good. Like, I mean, it's like feature uh-huh. length, like 20 chapter short story, like slash novel type things. And it's just so great. I'm like, why do you right. not have I'm like gonna... your own novel out there by now? Cause you're just so awesome. Like she does not only stuff that's, you know, aligned with the universe or whatever, but she ultimate also does really good alternate universe of, stuff. Of what the alternate universe is. It is of, so fun.
1: There are a couple of AU's where I'm just it like, it is okay, so much fun. New, but there are some really, really great like alternative music, uh, alternative universe stuff. I love always like the mob boss ones where like the the character from the thing is a mob boss or something. Mm-hmm. Um, those are fun. Um,
0: Ooh, I ran into an icky, um, it wasn't alternate universe or whatever, but I ran into an icky one. The cool thing about Doctor Who is that a lot of times, uh-huh. some people's stories are left open-ended and it makes uh-huh. it perfect for uh, fan fiction. So like one of the the first companion of the revived series back in 2005, Rose Tyler, she was actually left on a, on a um, parallel earth with like a meta okay. version of the 10th Doctor. And that was like the last time you saw her, so like the the walls between the universes uh-huh. were closed, and you, you never see her again. Um, so it made it like perfect fodder for because people are like still wondering and speculating, like I wonder what Rose and that version of the tenth Doctor were doing, you know, or whatever. And so somebody actually wrote one, and it started off really good, like it picked up like right when the actual Doctor and his new companion, like you know, closed it off and he left the metal one there, and it was all great. And then it just got really overly like, and I mean, don't get me wrong, like I like a little like fan fiction smut and stuff you know i'm, I'm down for some we of that stuff but this just got on like that uh. real that it got real like hyper grossly sexual really fast and that's not what i want from my doctor oh. who fan fiction like i don't want that in that show like Rashon stuff yeah, give me that because we ain't get enough of like what I wanted to see on the TV show. Like we were promised some Rashon sex scenes on the TV show that we didn't uh-huh. get. So yeah, give me that in the in the fan fiction. But I was reading it and I just I just closed my my, my Google Chrome and I shut you know, my computer down and I just went to bed. I noped right out of that because, I mean, it was it was good at first because it was like, you know, them trying to fill each other out because this was like a version of the doctor, but not uh-huh. necessarily the doctor. Uh-huh. It's more like a human-type version of him. And so he's like, you know, I wonder if she'll accept me for who I am because, you know... Now, I'm just kind of like a regular guy. I'm not this, you know, time lord with two hearts and this time traveling Uh machine that could take you anywhere you want to go. You're stuck on this earth with me. I'm a regular guy. Eventually, I'm going to have to work a job and, you know, and we'll have to go about regular life together. Will we still have that thrill of our relationship that we had before? And that was all good. But then it just got, it took like a hard left turn. Like it got real porny. And I was like, yo, what is this? (laughs) so yeah don't uh, it, fan fiction can be a you, you just don't know what you and they had like right. no usually they have it like flagged or something like you know yo this is gonna right. be like for mature adults only and none of that was there it just got into it like that and i was like this is not why this i came here like I'm this is not why i'm for. here and it wasn't even like you know like like i said like a little bit of smut in like a sexy right. way it was just it was just gross <laughs> and i was like i don't want to picture the doctor, or a companion, or any of that stuff, doing or saying or thinking about any of that stuff in either one of their brains—it's. Oh, I'm sorry. Having flashbacks, disgusting. But either way, so I found the Jody fanfic that made me happy, and I'm hoping uh-huh. I can find some more like the rollback stuff to kind of occupy my time. Hello, co-host. I think is so, telling <laughs> us to wrap it up, babe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was about to say, that is all that I have. So do you have anything yeah, else you want to add no, to the okay. happy thing conversation? I think, uh, we've covered it. <laughs> I think we have it. So if you guys had a tough July or have had a tough couple of weeks and you've been poking around and you found some things that made you feel really happy that were throwback related and that fall into the parameters of our podcast, please let us know on Twitter. We can be found at Nostalgia mixpod. Pod. Uh, make sure that you use the hashtag Nostalgia Mix Pod and mention us and let us know what are your happy nostalgic things? Like what are your comfort food things that you go back to when you're going through a rough time or you're feeling down or you just, you got a whole lot of stuff Pizza on your back and you just really need to escape from the world for just a moment
1: you said nostalgic foods. they had pizza rolls on the last <laughs> episode of Pose and that was probably the most outside of the Blanca uh, tweet with the gift from uh, uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air like the, the pizza rolls tweet might have been the
0: most popular tweet that
1: night because who doesn't
0: love some pizza rolls <laughs> right I'm like I hadn't even thought about pizza rolls in years <laughs> Well, that is all that we have for you today guys um, make sure that you just reach out to us and we will follow up with you guys next time to wrap up for our season finale. he says
1: hi. Bye, guys. Take care. Bye. <laughs>